Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Miami should be well-schooled and have fresh legs. 
but there are a lot of young players on defense who have never faced Georgia Tech before, so the game does have the potential to have a lot of twists and turns that might make things somewhat uneasy Saturday for the Canes Nation. We will talk about all of that and so much more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Cane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two to three hours in hurricane sports. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in that wants to participate in the show. You call the number 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. That sends us a prompt, lets us know that you would like to come on, and uh, we'll get you on in the order that you're in the queue. Okay, as always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. We also had some topics that we didn't get to last week that I folded into the mix for this week, and I'm going to make a concerted effort as we go through the show to make sure that we touch on all of these subjects. I'll just run through them right now really quickly. Um, how does Manny Diaz and the rest of the defensive staff plan to get the linebackers ready for Georgia Tech? Where can Georgia Tech's defense be exploited the most? Are the expectations becoming too big for this Hurricane football team? What's a good marker for success for this, at this point in the season? Number of wins, how the team looks, whether it ultimately makes the ACC championship game, we'll talk about that. Has recruiting changed at all in the last few days, given the LSU situation? What's been going on with losses at Florida State, Florida, Georgia? Has there been an uptick in recruiting? Would Darling be more dominant or a very good player at guard, and is he playing out of position at left tackle? Has Amon Richards become the number two go-to wide receiver after Stacey Coley? Will Mark Rick continue to pound the ball in the run game to open up the pass? Or will this be the week that he opens up the offense? Will the defense be able to stop Georgia Tech's triple option? Or is this game going to turn into a battle of points? Will those freshman linebackers fare well against Georgia Tech? How many of them will be active? What's the status of Darian Owens, and how much will he be able to contribute on Saturday? Which team left on the schedule will give Miami the hardest time? Is it fair to say that Brad Kaya is out of the Heisman race at this point in time? Which player that was not on the radar to start the season has been most impressive so far this year? When was the last time there's been this much fun and improvement around the program? When's the new indoor practice facility going to be ready for occupancy? When is Adrian Colbert coming back? What position group over the first three games has surprised the most positively or negatively? What position coach has impressed the most? Was Stacey Searles an upgrade at offensive line coach over Art Kehoe, even though the O-line has had some inconsistency so far this year? Will this be the week? Well, I, I'm sorry, I already said that one. Um, what are the odds that Brad Kaya stays at Miami his senior year 
to develop even further as a pro-style quarterback? Is there any chance that he doesn't um, go for the NFL draft at the completion of this season? How's Gerald Willis doing? Will he be able to provide quality depth this week at Georgia Tech? Where does Miami stack up compared to the other ACC Coastal teams? And what game is a trap game this season now that App State is out of the way? So tons of questions submitted on the message boards. We'll try to get to all of them as the show continues. But right now we're going to go out to the phone lines and get the show kicked off. The number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad when you want to come on the show. So let's go out to the board. Wow. Greg is not first tonight. Let's see who is. Let's go out to the 757, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Yeah, baby, it's Kane. Kane, I did it. I know I could do it if I wasn't working on Tuesday, baby. I know I could get in. My man said, Kim, you won't get in before Greg. I'd be damned. I got him, because I know when to call. I was just working every Tuesday. Hey, man, I'm ready for this Georgia Tech game. They look like garbage. They look bad. Hopefully, like you said, we got young boys that can go ahead and learn the system and stop this triple option. But really, Paul Johnson's triple option ain't really did too much this year. I think people don't really caught on to it. So I'm thinking that Miami should go ahead and win this. But won't look ahead, but I need that FSU. I'm not looking ahead. I'm just calling it hot seat. Um, Kyle should be fine. Running game look good. Um, I mean, everything's fine. I ain't got nothing to talk about. I told you, ain't no need to argue and fuss and fight. Kane's doing good. Keep on winning. We love it. Kane Nation, Oopy Black, Charles. Everybody, I just want to holler and scream because I'm happy. We three and zero, and Saturday we should be four and zero, and then the big game comes. So until next week, because everybody's gonna talk a whole in here, but me. But just let Gary know I am the man if I'm off the clock and ain't working on Tuesday. Holler, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> All right, Ken, Ken. Thanks, but that was a quite a send off you gave us there. A lot different than Greg, I'll tell you that. But. um you made some really good points there, obviously, in the call. And uh, I think this is it for Paul Johnson. I really do, guys. I, I, you know, th- this has been a, a long-running gimmick at Georgia Tech. They, they went to this option offense to try to kind of throw a, a, a curveball into things and, and become competitive in the ACC. And, and it worked to a degree for a while, and, and they had some success. But, you know, I think what you're seeing is – that as the athleticism in the ACC has continued to get better, that that option and offense has been less and less effective. They struggled to keep up in recruiting on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, so what you have now, without question, is a Georgia Tech team that when it goes against the Clemsons and the Florida States and the Miamis, even the North Carolinas of the world, if they have to play Louisville, uh, any of these teams with a lot of quality athletes in the ACC now, um, they don't have their way on offense the way they once did, even though it's it's still a bear to prepare for. And uh, we were talking to some of the players and coaches today, and um, they've been kind of struggling a little bit trying to you know, get get the scout team running the option properly and find the scout team quarterback. They, they even had Giovanni Haskins playing scout team quarterback today, and uh, he's a tight end. And, you know, but I, you know, I, I, I guess you know the, they're they're trying to emulate um, the size that Georgia Tech brings to the table at quarterback. Uh, so it does still present preparation challenges. But uh, I don't know how many of you got to see Clemson 
play Georgia Tech. Uh, they just went after them with their athletes and were able to totally disrupt that offense and take them out of the game. And as I watched that game, I, I felt like that Clemson was playing a style of defense very similar to what Manny Diaz um, likes to call. And uh, I'm expecting Miami to do a lot of the same uh, on Saturday. I think they're going to go right at Georgia Tech and, and, and try to disrupt the timing and execution of that option offense with aggressive defense. It's still going to be assignment football. It has to be um, when you play the option and, and, and Paul Johnson. But um, I do think that Manny Diaz will try to attack it aggressively and, and try to make plays in the, in, the, in the backfield and disrupt some of those blocking schemes as opposed to letting his young linebackers in particular just sit there and, and, and be blocking dummies and targets for, for Georgia Tech's offensive line and, and, and backs um, on those option plays. So we'll see how that plays out, but the, that's kind of how I see it. And I, and I really think that, that this really, this season could really be it for Paul Johnson that, you know, you know how poorly they, they finished last year and, you know, they gave him another chance to come back this year and the, the signs aren't great that this year is going to be a ton better. Uh, and unless he can pull off an upset or two here this year, uh, probably beginning Saturday with Miami since he's already lost to Clemson. Um, I, I think this could be the last time that you see this option offense at Georgia Tech. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 310 where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How you doing, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Uh, it's Righteous Kane. Hey, what's up, Righteous? Hey, you know, this Saturday, if, if the Canes win, it's going to be a very special win because they'll mark the 600th win in the program's history. Wow, I didn't know that. I wasn't keeping count. That's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty good stat you just threw out there. Yeah, I found out this week. I was on Winsipedia.com. They, they break down a lot of cool stats like that. You know, uh, you know, even the matchups too. You know, how many? You know, what the overall record is against a particular opponent. Also, if we win, we'll tie the series record at uh, eleven apiece. That's great. So, what yeah, else you got? Great. Uh, question for you: Do you know what's the status of Scott Patchen? Some of the other defensive players have been yeah. Um, Sideline. Good timing. Um, he, he came back to practice this week and, and was working uh, working with the defense today. Um, they, they, they're not rushing him. He was doing a little scout team work and some individual work with the defensive linemen. I don't think you'll see him in Saturday's game or anything along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was a great sign to see him back out on the practice field and, and, and working. And we'll just have to see how his progress goes. I uh, can't really make any predictions right now as to whether he'll be able to contribute at all this year. But uh, he is back at practice, and that was a great sign. Yeah, it is a good sign because it's important. We need to continue to shore up that defensive line. It's going to be very helpful. I mean, we're going to need it very uh, seriously badly over the next coming weeks. October is going to be a very difficult month. You know, Georgia Tech, we need to take on that triple option. They need all those defensive linemen to be fresh and rotate appropriately. And it's going to be very important. And I just have one last question. Do you think they'll incorporate a, a three tight end set this year with Dobard? With the three tight ends, Dobard, Najoku, and, and Herndon, because it, it'd be a great formation to use against defenses. I think he has the option of doing so at any time. I, I, it's particularly in short yardage and things like that. But uh, I don't. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, 
we, we have seen two, obviously, but uh, they love all those tight ends. So, yeah, I, I would think it's definitely on the table. If and when we'll see it, obviously we can't predict that, but uh, it's but, there. Of course, in the near future, it'd be a very useful formation to to use against uh, certain teams coming up, if you know what I mean. I think it'd be a great way to, to create mismatches. But, of course, like well, you said, I, you know, we'll see what happens. I think that's what Mark Rick really does when he's game planning. I, I think he looks at the opponent, and, and he's got all these different things at his disposal. They have a lot of playmakers, and, and, and there's so much that we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen a lot of passing game to the running backs yet. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, other, other than down in the red zone, we haven't seen a ton other than that one play against FAU. Uh, I believe it was. We haven't seen a ton of downfield passing to the tight ends yet, and 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 we we certainly haven't seen everything that they have to offer in terms of throwing the ball to the receivers. Braxton Barrios has not been used a, a ton yet, um, right. so I, I I think there's a whole lot that we haven't seen yet. And I think what Mark Rick does is he takes a look at the defense that he's playing each week, and he um, you know decides what he feels will be best for that game. In the first few weeks, he played it pretty close to the vest. I'm sure that he felt like Miami was significantly better, obviously, than the teams they were playing, and he didn't have to show a ton of offense, and, and he and he was able to do that. So it's going to be interesting these next few weeks. I think we're going to see a lot of things, a lot of new wrinkles. Yeah, there. and that's the beauty of a pro-style offense. You, you do so many things with it. You know, you create so many mismatches with different personnel groupings, so it's a beautiful thing to watch. And Mark Rick is pretty much like a Jedi master in comparison to James Coley. Although I respect that Coley's recruiting, you know, Mark Rick has a lot of experience with game planning and with play calling. So it's going to be a pleasure to see how things go the next few weeks. I mean, Coley's a good football coach. I mean, it's not really fair to try to compare him to Mark Rick as a play caller. I mean, Mark's got so well, much more experience. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why that's why I said experience. I mean, he was a great recruiter, but but, but in comparison, having Mark Rick is just a an advanced you know, uh, play caller and coach, you know, so, so we're in really good hands. Someone who can compete with a Jimbo Fisher who can, you know, basically match up when the time comes and put our players in the best position. So I can't wait and, you know, let's hope for the best. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? That's it. That's it. Thank you very much. I'll get to the All right, show. Yep. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the seven zero six where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey Gary, this is Rodney. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing tonight? Good. I just got two questions for you tonight, Gary. Uh, the first question is: uh, Is something wrong with uh, Gus Edwards? I noticed uh, last, I guess last two games, we've only seen. Walton and Yeary, uh, is something wrong with Gus, or are they just that much better than him? Um, I wouldn't say. Well, Walton. I think Walton's elite. Okay, Walton to me is 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 better than both of them. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but Yearby is a is a guy that is a thousand yard rusher a year ago. He's averaging almost as much per carry as as Walton to this point in the season. And it, the the bottom line is those two are playing so well that there's just not a lot of lot left for Gus Edwards is the problem. And it's not that Gus hasn't done pretty darn well himself. He has, but there's just not a lot left for him when, you know, when you're done giving, giving reps to those two guys. So, um, you know, he's just got to have to, 
I mean, I'm sure it's very frustrating for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he transferred after this year, to be honest. Uh, you know, you, you still got Travis Homer there, and you'll have you'll have one or two running back recruits coming in, and so Miami will be okay. And he might look for an opportunity where he could play more and 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 get more of a chance. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened. Um, pretty sure he'll be eligible for that at the end of the season. But uh, for right now, I'm sure it's frustrating for him. But all he could do is just wait his turn. And, uh, you know, th- there's a reasonable chance that somebody at some point is going to get nicked up and not be able to play. And that would elevate Gus Edwards into the number two spot. And, uh, you know, so I would think that before the season's over, he'll get some chances. But right now, uh, they believe strongly in playing two running backs. And you got um, Walton and Yearby platooning. Yeah, it, and another question I had for tonight for you, Gary, is that I noticed uh, the first couple of games uh, listened to the show, uh, people were worried about Brad Kaya. But one of the things I noticed this year is that uh, Mark Rick has really had him under center, trying to actually uh, read the defense more in the center. And I think last year in the Golden, he was more of a shotgun quarterback. So you think that was kind of the full start for Kaya? Well, you know, maybe a little bit, but I think the biggest thing is that, you know, Mark Richt is not going to sacrifice the play-action passing game because Brad Kaya did, wasn't under center a lot his first two years and, and might not be totally comfortable with it yet. I, I think he's going to keep working it and, and, and give him a lot of reps in practice, uh, th- throwing out of, out of play action and, and expect him to get better and better with each week. And I, I think against Appalachian State, you saw Kaya take that next step forward and, and throw the ball a lot better. So uh, I think the signs are there uh, that it can happen, obviously. And, um, you know, I don't see it as a big issue. I know some people, you know some people have been bringing it up and, and think it might be a little bit of an issue, but I really don't. I don't I don't think it's that big of an issue. All right, thanks, Gary. See you in Atlanta this Saturday. You got it, man. We'll be there. All right, let's go out now to the 754. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? How you doing this week? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hey, hey, Gary, uh, let, me, let me ask you something, man. Uh, what, 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 what kind of role Chris, uh, Christopher Herndon uh, going to play? Uh, you know, it, I, I can't, like you, you mentioned, uh, Barrios. You know, as far as opening up the offense, and, and you know, you want to see more of him, but you also want to see uh, 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 a little bit of, of Herndon too, because Herndon got some good hands, man. And when we're down yeah. in that uh, red zone, you you want to you, you want to see that ball spread around. We really want to have defensive coordinators going crazy, man. We can't figure us out, you know, because well, we have Chris, a lot of options. Chris Herndon's going home this week. Okay, he's from the Atlanta area. Uh, you know his dad calls in a lot. Right. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll hear from him at some point tonight. I'm sure he's very excited with the Canes coming up there to Atlanta this weekend, and he'll get to see his son and uh, play at Georgia Tech. And uh, you know, any week you could see Chris Chris Herndon bust out and, and have a three, four, five catch game. There's no question about that. You know, right now he's just had five catches in the in the first three games. He's averaging. 13.8 yards of reception, which is pretty darn good for a tight end. And, um, you know, Njoku's only gotten a couple more balls than him. And so th- there's no doubt that they haven't totally rolled out 
the entire passing offense that involves the tight ends, and and they're going to catch plenty of balls this year because, as you know, they're I mean they're enormous weapons. I mean they're huge mismatches, pretty much against and will be against pretty much every team the Hurricanes play this year. So uh, you know I think you just got to be patient. You know everybody can't get all these balls every single game. Yeah, um, you're right. You know, but. But I do think before it's all said and done that Herndon, Barrios, uh, the continuation of Nujoku, um, I think those three in particular are going to start seeing a lot more footballs and, and complement Stacey Coley and Amon Richards much more so than yeah. they did the first three games. Yeah. yeah but you know what, and Dale, and Dale uh, Harris, too. Dale Harris, nobody really knows this yet, but is a very capable receiver. I mean, he looked really good oh, in yeah. fall camp. And, and oh, he's yeah. another one that could, that, that could make a lot of plays here as the year goes on. And I think they're going to yeah, throw oh, to the backs. They're going to start throwing to the backs. Yeah, yeah, they're going to throw to the backs. But uh, uh, on on defense, uh, you, the linebackers, our freshman linebackers, in, in that assignment defense, that you know, it's going to be, you know, really important that those guys stay in their lanes and everything, you know, to try to, you know, you know to, 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 to basically uh, – you know, to, to shut this uh, uh, this triple option down because, you know, Gary, like you just said, man, I, you know, Paul Johnson, I, I'm just tired of seeing that offense, man. I'm just, you know, I would like for us to have just, just to play, uh, you know, uh, you know, an offense that doesn't, to me, doesn't allow you to go after players' knees like that, you know, and, and, and I'm concerned about number 58, uh, uh, Darian. Owens, you know, if he playing this game, you know, with his knees recovering from knee surgery, you know, you know, getting, yeah. going after him like that, I'm concerned about that, man. I don't want. Well, see, you know, it plays yeah. it plays with their heads. I mean, it really does. I mean, we, I was talking to Corn Elder today, and and he flat said that you know I hate he goes, I you know I hate playing these guys. I hate getting cut and, and and stuff. I mean, it gets in guys' heads, and and you're right about. I I personally think it's a concern with the freshman linebackers. I you know they. You know, it's one thing to be playing defense against FAMU and FAU and App State and going, you know, all out every play and all that. You can't do that with this. You know, they're going to have specific responsibilities and they're going to have these linemen coming at their knees and everything else for the first time in their careers. And it can mess with with a veteran's head, much less a young freshman. So, so I mean, Miami is at, athletically superior to Georgia Tech, obviously, uh, and significantly so. But I'm not totally convinced that this game is going to just be a walk in the park. I, um, I think that oh, no. Georgia Tech has the capability of creating some problems with, against Miami's defense just because of the mental toll that what they do can take on a, on a defense. And, and the fact that there's so many guys on the defense that have never seen Georgia Tech's offense before or played against Georgia Tech and Miami's difficulties in emulating that offense on the practice field, um, which Mark Richt has readily acknowledged multiple times here over the last week that, you know, it's clearly something that's on his mind. He doesn't feel like they can match the speed and, and things like that at which it's run. I mean, they can go over the assignments, they can walk through it, but it, there's going to be an adjustment period on Saturday for these kids in, in defending that attack. And uh, yeah. so, yeah. you know, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, you know, I, I know everybody would, would obviously love to see Miami run away with this game, but uh, I'm not convinced that it's going to be as easy yeah. as some people think. Me it is. neither. Me neither. You know, you know, Gary, back in 08, when we first played, uh, when Paul Johnson first year, and we played them on a Thursday night, and 
Gary, they had us on the ground. That was, I guess that was the first time, you know, I, you know, we saw that offense and everything, and they had us all on the ground. And, Gary, if you remember, right after that, it seemed like the rest of the season, our guys just, uh, I mean, they, they, they looked like, uh, they, they almost looked like they were bowling pins after that, man, if you remember, because Russell, Russell Wilson was playing for North Carolina State. I saw him run from one side of the field all the way to the other side of the field to run in for a touchdown. Our guys looked like they was they were so so gun shy from being chop blocked so much that you know they they never did, they couldn't uh, really focus on defense. But we got it together the following year and uh, and handled them pretty good down here at the stadium. But it's yeah. just that each year it's well, a tough thing to deal with them. What happened was the first year that Randy Shannon was head coach, I'm pretty sure is what you were talking about, um, mm-hmm. they really didn't have a good a good method in place to prepare for Georgia Tech, and uh, they really struggled against them. And the coaches spent literally the entire offseason working on defending that offense. I mean, they put in hundreds of hours in, 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 try, in figuring out the best way to defend it. They came up with new practice techniques. And I remember Georgia Tech week would come and they would actually go out there and they had tennis balls and they would be like throwing tennis balls down on the ground, having the defensive linemen go to the ground to get the tennis balls and jump back up, you know, just to, to practice the, you know, what was going to have to happen when they got blocked low and, and went down and had to get back up quickly. And that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you yeah. gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta stay on your, you gotta stay on your feet against this offense and um exactly so you know the randy shannon staff spent a lot of time on it and and had success the next few years against georgia tech because of it then mark d'onofrio came in and he was experienced going against that offense that from when um his previous stops i, I think that when paul johnson was at navy, With that he navy had gone yeah. against, yep he had gone against that offense and and had a pretty good grasp of how to defend it and and you know yeah. Miami had, you know, mixed success under Al Golden against Georgia Tech. Um, yeah. You know, I think they yeah. were uh, – I think they um, – I'm trying to – I can't remember if they – if they, they, I think they lost twice. But um, I, think, I think they lost one time. One time to one him. Time that was a, that was, right. The other game, the, other game yeah. the Eddie Johnson game, he bailed it out with that great hit. Yeah, at the end. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but, but you know, so, so D'Onofrio kind of understood it and, and had – somewhat of a grasp and now what we have to see is what Manny Diaz can do against this offense it's exactly. A, it's a, it's exactly a challenge yeah yeah well Gary listen man it's just, just it's just been great talking with you I look forward to next week as well and hope we you know we go up there and uh, uh we whip up the, the yellow jackets and and I'll come back with a victory and be ready for Florida State man and you're doing a great job and uh keep me on hold and I'm gonna listen to your show you got it thank you Jerome all right. All right. I, prom- I promised I wouldn't wait to the end of the show tonight to um, to tackle some of these questions that were submitted on the canesport.com message boards. So let me uh, dive into one or two of them real quick right now, and then we'll get back to the phone lines. Um, how does Manny Diaz and the rest of the defensive staff plan to get the linebackers ready for Georgia Tech? And um, you know, I. I think it all starts with assignment football. I, you know, the big thing with the option is you, you, you have to get everybody programmed into what their responsibilities are on each call. You know, who, who takes the dive, who has the quarterback, who has the pitch, 
and everybody has to know what they're supposed to do and execute it on every single down and not get caught peeking into the backfield. That's what can kill you against Georgia Tech. Um, you got to be real disciplined with your eyes on defense uh, against the against this team, and um, that's where things could get a little little dicey, I think, for Miami because of the inexperience and. Um, you know, these young linebackers are under a lot of pressure Saturday, in my opinion. I, I, I think that um, this is a different style of football than they were used to in, in high school and, and obviously so far in college. And uh, they'll have their responsibilities and they'll have to carry them out. And uh, if they go out there and they play as well against Georgia Tech as they did the first three games of the year, uh, it's going to really be something special because they, they are under the gun this week and uh, really – all Manny can do is prepare them, you know, I mean, you know, but, but I think that when he looks at the Clemson game tape and he sees how effective Clemson was attacking that offense, I got to think that Manny is going to try to do some of the same things. I'm not sure Miami is as advanced right now on defense as as Clemson is Uh, not quite, but I I do think that they can do a lot of the same types of things. And and I expect Manny Diaz to be aggressive and not, like I said earlier in the show, I don't see him letting those freshman linebackers just sit there three, four yards off the ball and and be, you know, basically blocking dummies for Georgia Tech's offensive line. I, I, I see him, you know, having them be active and, and attacking and, and trying to disrupt the offense before it can get going. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But that's what I personally um, am anticipating. And um, another question that came in was on the flip side of the ball. Um, where can Georgia Tech's defense be exploited most by Miami? Uh, when I watched them play against Clemson the other day, the thing that really struck me was they didn't look like they had a lot of speed on defense, and they looked very slow to me. And I, and I think Miami's offense is going to give them huge problems. I'm expecting the Hurricanes to score into the 30s, maybe even the 40s in this game. I'll be very surprised if they don't. I just don't think that Georgia Tech – can match up athlete for athlete with, with, with Miami and um, with Mark Rick rolling out a little bit more offense because it's, it's a conference game now. I just think Georgia Tech's going to have a lot of problems trying to stop the Miami offense, um, and, and that'll be the difference in the game, even if Georgia Tech does have some success with the option against Miami's young defense. Okay, it's uh, 646-595-2048, 646 2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing tonight, Gary? It's Travis up in Tallahassee. What's up, Travis? How you doing this week? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Just getting over a cold. Love watching these FSU fans mope around. They're still moping up here after that uh, Louisville loss. So, yeah, it's good for me. It was a bad loss, no doubt. <laughs> Embarrassing. Um, my, I only have two things, man. The first one is on the Stacy Searles thing or whatever. Like, I don't understand what people were really expecting from our offensive line. We knew they were going to be the weakest link coming into this year, even more so than our DBs. Um, it's it's a bunch of Al Golden softies up there, and until they cycle through, we're going to have a pretty horrible offensive line. I don't care who you have there as our coach. What's your take on that? Totally agree. I think it's going to take a couple years. Uh, I, I think Stacey Searles is doing all he can do. He's trying to get those guys to play tough. 
and I think for the most part they have. I mean, they, sometimes they break down. Um, you've got Trevor Darling who's playing out of position. He's not a he's not a left tackle. He really should be a guard, but they just don't have anybody else to play out there at left tackle. So he's being forced to play that position. But there's going to be times, and, and you saw it, you know, earlier this year um, in the FAU game that. Trevor Darling is going to meet a match up out there that gives them problems. And, uh, you know, when that happens, they're going to have to be able to adjust and, and have a tight end help or, or back help because it is what it is. It's not changing. There's nobody else to put there. Um, so, you know, there's nothing that they can do about this problem uh, except accept it, realize it is a problem at times, and when they have the personnel matchup that's not in their favor – give Trevor Darling some help, and I, and I think they will. But, um, you know, one of the questions that came in on the message boards, we might as well tag team that into this, uh, was if, if Darling would be more dominant as a guard and, and, and is he playing out of position? And, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question he's playing out of, out of position. And I do think he would be more dominant as a guard than he is as a tackle. But it's not changing anytime soon. So it, it's, you know, kind of, kind of a moot point, I think. And, uh, you know, I think you just got to get used to seeing Trevor Darling um, have his ups and downs. And, you know, the same thing with Sonny Adagwu on the other side. I mean, Sonny's got bad knees. And, you know, so far this year they've held up. But, you know, he's got to play a lot of reps. I mean, they, 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 there's just not a ton of depth on this football team right now. And there's there's really only two other backups, you know, St. Louis and, and Gall, that they feel – even comfortable putting in the game right now, unless it's an absolute total blowout. Um, and we so, all know our hatred of golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, we don't know, uh, we don't know how Odagu's knees are going to hold up as the year goes on. Um, and he's a lot of, special. I mean, he's just a big boy, no. honestly. I mean, that's all he is. He's a six foot eight, 350 pound kid or whatever. That's huge. And that's, that's it. He has no real football talent. You know, he has yeah, the athleticism, but that's about it, you know, I mean, for his size. In, in regards to that, how are we looking on the Donaldson front in recruiting? I mean, I didn't get to read your article about the FSU gloves. What's what's the deal with that? Because this kid is probably, other than Perry, our most important recruit in this yeah. whole class. Yeah, you just you just can't lose him. I mean, you know, he say, he's saying the right things. He, he, he continues to tell us that he's going to Miami. Um, but he does continue to listen to other schools. He's going to take several visits, and uh, I think it's one that they're going to have to sweat out all the way to signing day. I, I've been saying that very consistently, and I really feel that way. If I had to make a bet right now, it, it would be that he ends up at Miami at the end of the day because Miami is going to have a good season uh, in some way, shape, or form here. I, you know, We don't know how many games they'll win, but I think there's going to be a pretty good feeling about the program, and um, he, he's an offensive lineman, which is a huge need any way you look at it. So, yeah, um, and he's the type of offensive lineman you want. He's a, he's a road grader, you know, he's a, he's a nasty oh, yeah. guy, you know, the, the ones that we have are teddy bears, you know, they don't want to hurt anybody. This guy wants to hurt somebody. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, he that's just, what we've been missing. he works hard. He's a real hard worker. Uh, he just has so much natural ability and uh, yeah, they, they just, they can't afford to lose him. No question about it. No, he's he's the, pretty much the key to my my recruiting class in my head. Um, just one more little recruiting question: um, What's your feelings on uh, C.J. Henderson? 
I, I felt like we would have locked him up with Dandy coming in and everything, and this kid just seems like he's getting ready to pull the crazy waffling until the very end or whatever, going to three different or committing to three different schools. I mean, he's just way over – way too much on U.S. right now for me. Yeah, What's he's a little opinion? bit of a different kind of kid. I, I, you never underestimate Randy Shannon recruiting in Dade County. Uh, you know, he still carries a lot of weight in South Florida. There's no question about it. He's a, he's a veteran guy, and he knows how to connect with kids and their families. And um, nothing would surprise me there either. I, I mean, I, I, I think Miami still has a little bit of an edge there, but uh, – you know, very similar to the, the, the Tyler Bird situation last year. It, it's a, it would not shock me at all if he went to Florida. It, not not in the least. And um, you know, so he's one. Hate, hated one, seeing one, Tyler one. Bird the other night um, for Tennessee. That was I was like, oh yeah, that's where that kid went. <laughs> when I yep. saw him playing wide receiver against Florida, I was like, oh, that little bastard. Yeah, they didn't even <laughs> let him. He, you know, he he was going to be a cornerback at Miami, and they made him a wide receiver up there. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's not a way to earn a paycheck, man. Slot receivers aren't getting paid as much as cornerbacks in the NFL, you know. I mean, and you probably would have been starting day, or not starting, but you would have been on the field day one here, you know, getting lots of reps instead of your one or two catches up at Tennessee. But whatever's whatever. Um, well, thanks for the time tonight, Gary. I appreciate it. And I'll give you a call next week. Anytime, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out to the 917. You are live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Uh, how's everything going with you? We're doing good. All right, Gary. Uh, in regards to the whole Les Miles firing thing, right, is it just me? Or do you see a lot of similarities between Les Miles getting let go and how Mark Rick got let go? Because I'm hearing, like, every, you know, like, it's a debate whether it was, you know, good to fire Les Miles. Everybody brings up the record, 140-something wins, 40-something losses, and they should have given him more respect. But I think so you so do you think that was the reason as to why they were so anxious to let, let Les Miles go? I, I think Alabama is the reason, and there just was no hope there. You know, they just they couldn't they couldn't beat Alabama the last several years, and and you know if you're not if you're at LSU and you're not winning the SEC, uh, it's it's disastrous. I mean that 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 program really is as well positioned to be dominant as just about any program in the country because they don't have a ton of competition in Louisiana for recruits. They pretty much can, can take anybody they want in the state, and it's a good state for recruiting. Uh, then they have the capability of going up into the Houston area and, and other pockets in Texas and getting players because of the relative proximity. And, uh, you know, they expect to win there, and, and they should expect to win there. It's a, it's a program that has everything going for it. They have money. They can spend whatever they need to spend. Um, for you know, for for staff and 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 anything else, and um, LSU should be one of the top programs in America. Well, you know, Nick Saban goes to Bama, and Bama becomes the kingpin of of college football. And you know, the fact that Nick Saban was once at LSU certainly didn't help the situation any. And you know, you have a, a booster base, an alumni base there that 
doesn't want to lose to Nick Saban, and 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 they want to win. And and uh, Les Miles, even though he was running a quality program, um, you could see the slippage, and and you know they really were having more and more trouble keeping up with Bama, and and even we're starting to lose to some of the other teams in the SEC from time to time. And and you know Les Miles was, was pretty fortunate that he didn't get fired at the end of last year. Now, uh, did they need to fire him in the middle of a season? I mean, I, you know, that's, I question that a little bit. I don't know what that really does. I don't see where making Ed Orgeron, the interim head coach is going to make that team significantly better or help them win the sec this year or anything like that. It seems kind of silly to me. I mean, you know, all the top coaches in college football already knew that LSU was going to be looking for a coach at the end of this year. You didn't have to send a message in that way, shape or form by firing them this early in the season. Um, I thought it was a little disrespectful. I didn't, you know, I didn't think that uh, I, I think they needed to make a change that it was time, but I didn't think they needed to do it in the middle of the, of the season. And, um, you know, I don't think that there's, an analogy to Mark Rick's situation at Georgia. Um, you know, I, Mark Rick was at Georgia for 15 years and, and, you know, just kind of reached, I guess, the, 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 the point where he had done the best he could do there and wasn't going to be able to re- probably go a level higher. And um, they got a little restless, but, you know, they're going to regret letting Mark Rick go, you know, you have to have a firm understanding of what you are, in my opinion, in college football. And, you know, Georgia's a nice program. Um, they, they, they've, they've had a couple great teams through the years, but they're not the same as Alabama. They're not the same as Ohio State. They're not the same as Miami and, and Florida State. They're just not. And they're not going to have a great team like that every single year. And if they could do it every now and then and get to 11 wins, 10 wins and, and be in the mix in the top 10, that to me is a great accomplishment at Georgia. And they're going to find out that they made a big mistake letting Mark Rick go up there. And and they're going to have a hard time maintaining the standard that Mark maintained as the coach of Georgia. You just watch. Okay, 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 okay. Because that's been like, I, I mean, I can't escape the whole less mile thing. Every time I turn on the TV, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's, starting, it's starting to annoy me. You know, it's, it's definitely starting to annoy me. Okay, but on, um, you know, just to change the topic for a second, but on the Canes front, like so to say, right, Um, how prepared do you think they will be if Brad Kaya decides to just pick up and leave this year at the end of the year? Pro- as prepared as they could possibly be. You, you know, you've got the quarterbacks in the program now. You know, you you got Jack Allison out there um, working every day. Evan Sheriffs, you know, working every day. Obviously, Malik Rozier. But the guy that I think is going to really be special is the freshman coming in in this recruiting class, Nikozi Perry. And um, so the, I, I think they're going to be okay at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, you, you hope you got to hope that Kaya stays for his senior year. I don't know if he's going to be able to afford to. It looks like he, you know, there, there's going to be somebody in the NFL that's going to tell him that uh, that he's going to be a, a, a top half first round pick, and and that would inspire him to leave after this year. But um, you know, you might have a, a, a transition year next year that that's a little bit tricky. Uh, it'll depend on how Allison or Sheriff, in my opinion, develops. I don't I don't know that Rozier is ever going to be equipped to be the starter 
at Miami, even though he won the backup job for this year. Um, I, I do think one of those other guys will, will eventually pass him over and, 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 and not allow him to do that. But, um, you know, I think in, in the long term, they're going to have the players, the quarterback, uh, to, to be very good there. And I, I think the, I think the Cozy Perry is going to be a superstar. I really do. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Playing you every week, so uh, just keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys. I'm going to take a moment right now to talk about one of our great sponsors on Kane Sport Live, and that's uh, FanDuel.com. If you're only playing season-long fantasy football, you're totally missing out. And um, with FanDuel.com, you could put your skills to the test this week for a chance to win some serious cash. And with FanDuel, you get to play one-week fantasy football as opposed to season-long. You choose your contest, you pick your team, and you win. They have contests for beginners. They have bigger tournaments for more experienced players. They have leagues that start at just $1, and setting a lineup up is very, very easy. And then they have cash prizes that are paid out every single week. And this week, don't miss FanDuel's Sunday Million Tournament, which is paying out at least a million dollars in prizes. And um, I've been having a lot of fun so far this year playing fantasy football on FanDuel. I always make sure I put an entry into the Kane Sport League, which you can access at FanDuel.com forward slash Kane. And um, several of the listeners of Kane Sport Live are always in on, on that league. And then there's you know hundreds of others that are scattered throughout FanDuel that you could go find and, and, and make entries into those leagues. And then you sit back on Sunday, you watch the games unfold, the scoring is done live on your computer screen. And it's just really a lot of fun. And uh, I had an exciting week last week, actually. I've um, about six o'clock at night, I was winning some serious money, and it was looking pretty good for me. And then the last hour, my guys did absolutely nothing, and other people passed me by. So, um, you know, I think I, I think I won like fifty cents for the week or something like that. But uh, uh, it, it wasn't what it looked like it was going to be at one point. But it just brings a lot of extra excitement to the viewing experience of watching the NFL on Sunday. So, if you think you know fantasy football. This is your chance to prove it. Try FanDuel.com now and get up to $50 in free entries for listeners of Kane Sport Live. New users who deposit will get five free entries to NFL 50-50 Beginner Contest, and that's valued at up to $50. You'll get one free entry a week for five weeks. Um, just a great deal. What you do is you go to FanDuel.com. You click the Join Now button, and you use our promo code Kane. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Use the promo code Kane, um, and you'll get those five free entries in 50-50 beginner contests to kind of get your feet wet and become familiar with FanDuel and the fantasy football process. So um, void where prohibited, a great deal for Canes fans. Use the code name Kane when you sign up and enjoy playing weekly Fantasy football beginning this Sunday. All right, we're going to go back to the calls, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 305 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, my man, what's up? Who's this? It's Bruce. How are you? Hey, Bruce. Bruce. W. It's been a while. How you been? Long time, long yeah. It's been a really long time. Not that I don't see you or talk to you, but on the on this show, yeah, it's been a long time. So what you got um, for us? 
I got to tell you, in the last ten years, I'm you know I'm like you're always thinking. Even when we were seven and zero a couple of years ago, that the you know the the bottom's going to drop out. And this year, it, we're three and zero, uh, and it's like I'm having a really difficult time tempering my excitement about all this and and not looking ahead. But um, it's hard because you can see all the changes and you could feel everything that's different, and everything that Rick has done. So yeah, I just, but it's this this is. This is one of those games that everybody kind of figured Miami would be three and zero, and they are three and zero. And I don't trust Johnson. And you talked about it before. If he's if he knows he's in the hot seat, he's probably going to do everything he can this week to throw stuff at Miami that they probably aren't even expecting. He's played against Rick before, and I worry about yeah. those chop blocks because you don't want any this kids is it, to get Bruce. hurt. But I'm excited about this though. This is really this, exciting. This is it. This is it for Paul Johnson. I really believe that. You know, it, it, it's like if he loses this week and, and another season goes spiraling downward, uh, I, I don't think he's going to survive it. I, I think that they'll make a decision there to move on. And, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to pull out all the stops Saturday. And I think this game is going to be a lot tougher than some people think it is. I agree it, with it, that. It, but I agree with that. But I think that our our front four – is better and has played better than any of Golden's fronts for especially the tackles. And that's going to be key um, because if the tackles are going to play well and that'll help with the linebackers, if those guys are getting bounced off the ball and the linebackers are getting hit or getting chipped, they're, they're running for seven or eight yards on full, first down on the fullback dive. We, that can't happen on Saturday. No, and those guys have played well. You're right. And, and, and you, you'd like to think that they're different, but – they also have never played Georgia Tech before. They've never had guys diving at their knees at the snap the way they're going to have uh, taking place on Saturday. And for young kids like that um, who aren't experienced and have never gone through a Georgia Tech game before, that could be an adjustment. And, uh, you know, it's funny. They, a lot of the players on defense wore shin guards out to practice today <laughs> you know, because they knew that they were going to be getting cut by the uh, scout team. And – um, Manny Diaz and the coaches made him take him off. Like, you know, no, you know, you're not going to be able to wear those things on Saturday. And um, so, yeah, so they, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get those guys tough minded uh, going, going in. Yeah, I think that's important, but I also think if they can't stop our offense, once that team falls behind 10, 12, 14 points, they're in real trouble. Did you see last week they had this half-pack option pass that got picked off by a safety who was just standing right there? They're not that good offensively. But if they run the ball no. against us and they shorten the game, which is what Johnson wants to do, then they become more and more dangerous the longer they're still in this game. Listen, if Manny Diaz knows how to defend that offense and these guys can execute, the game's going to be a blowout. There's, it'll be right. just like the Clemson game. Um, it it no could be a blowout, and, and I do agree yeah, with the well, offense. It's kept a lot of stuff under wraps, and I don't know what else they're going to show, but they haven't done any reverses or any of that stuff. There's a lot of things they could still do. Yeah, so if the defense can have reasonable success, it's going to be a blowout. I mean, I don't think they're going to stop Miami's offense. No, and you've got to like Amon Richards because this kid is – hes he helps – the team get better because they don't have to worry about just Coley getting deep. This kid has gotten deep a lot. One or two he's dropped, but he gets past the secondary. That's a huge advantage because you, the safety is going to have to worry about him and Coley. All the underneath stuff is going to be open, and that's what I think is, is going to be happening as the offense opens up a little more. Um, and you could see with Rick last week with those calls to those passes to the outside, those quick passes, 
where he just created a mess for Appalachian State's defensive coordinator. And it's, he's, he's smart. You didn't really see a lot of these things with Rick. You didn't see the adjustments in the game. I mean, with Golden. You didn't see the halftime adjustments. We're not seeing all these stupid penalties and ridiculous timeouts at the wrong time. The whole culture is different. It's really exciting, but you try not to get caught up in it because we've spent the last 10 or 12 years getting burned. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt about it. You're absolutely now, right. Um, so anyway, on the defensive side, so there's a guy that's going to be, I'm sure you're going to be putting up in a second, he could tell you all about what it, what the guys have to do coming off the edge in order to stop Tech. So um, I'll stay on and listen, and you could buzz up Ryan. All right, Bruce, thanks for being part of the all show. Right, thank you. All right, he's referring to former Kane cornerback Ryan McNeil, who's in the queue right now, and we're going to bring on the show. And uh, a guy that you know, like, that I know I always enjoyed watching play out at the cornerback position. And uh, Ryan, how how you doing these days? I'm doing good. Gary, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. We're um, this is our weekly meeting of the Canes Nation. I I call it a summit meeting. You, we I get all you. the <laughs> we get all the guys all the guys from around the country uh, who are Canes fans. Right, we right. we all gather together on this show on Tuesday nights and spend a couple hours just kicking around Canes football, and it's a lot of fun. So um, tell tell us what you've been up to. What have you been doing lately? Uh, well, since I retired, even before I retired, I always been an entrepreneur. So I didn't want to go into coaching. Uh, didn't want to commentate. Uh, I may do that later on, and I may join somebody's team in executive capacity later on, but I'm an entrepreneur um, and uh, was in media now in sports technology. So uh, working on a startup here in Atlanta that will launch uh, Q1. Uh, it's called Sports ID, and essentially it's um, a platform where um, we connect everybody in the sports ecosystem, uh, athletes, coaches, trainers, uh, agents, uh, doctors, you name it. But the difference that uh, we have with some other platforms out there is uh, is based on statistics and uh, analytics. And so uh, the sports industry itself is going toward technology pretty, pretty quick and pretty fast, and uh, we want to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting and new, and uh, I think it would be interesting to see how the sports space responds and uh, we'll be full fledged open up to public uh, in Q1 of 2017. So that's, oh, that's, that's a, what I wake up every day and work on. So, yeah, that sounds like a fun project. And, um, you know, I've obviously I've been doing this a long time and I've seen so many of guys like yourself, they, they graduate, they leave, they go, go, they play pro football and, and they don't plan for their future. And they think it's never going to end. And, and uh, I've just, it's just, it's just so sad when you see guys that have just went out and made millions of dollars and, you know, now they're out of football and they don't really have a future. They don't really have uh, an entrepreneurial project like what you're working on or anything like that. And um, it's something that I know Mark Richt is, is very in touch with and is trying to do things within the program to help the players that are currently in the program plan for their futures better and, and understand that football is not going to be there forever and that, that you can't just spend all your money. You know, you can't be, you know, Bryant McKinney and go make it rain at the clubs on South Beach every night and blow $25,000 on a Saturday night and things like that. You know, it, 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 I think it's great that, that Mark Richt is, is doing that for the current players. And, um, you know, it's good to hear that, that, that you've got things going on in, in your life as well. So um, how much have you um, been, been following the Canes lately? Uh, very close. 
Um, you know, just because I don't live in South Florida doesn't mean, uh, you know, I don't follow. I'm very close to the program. Uh, you know, I put my money where my mouth is and, you know, I stay in tune with, uh, uh, Blake James. I consider him a friend and, uh, I'm, I'm very connected to the program. So how frustrating, I mean, I've spoken obviously to a lot of former players about this, but how, how frustrating has the last decade been? Uh, just watching the program struggle, not really contending for championships the way that it was once taken for granted that it would always and and things like that? Uh, a couple of things. One, um, uh, it's frustrating. Uh, but two, it gives you appreciation for the accomplishments uh, that were made, uh, the national titles that were won uh, when I was there, right? It's some, sometimes it take you – uh, some distance to be removed, some time to be removed from it, um, because you can't see the forest for the trees. And once you you remove from it, you realize, you know, what we've done and the teams that I was part of, uh, they were special. And so, you know, the thing I always say is that I want the kids that are playing for the University of Miami to experience what I experienced, because it it changed you. Uh, and it's not necessarily in a football manner. But it changed, you know, how you know look at things, and that you know anything can be accomplished. It gave you, you know, that inner confidence as a person, and as a young man going into the world. And 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 I say this, you know, Randy was a senior when I was a freshman, and you know he was like a big brother to me, and he helped teach me the game of football. And I just don't think he was ready for the opportunity to be the head coach. I think if he had a coach at a smaller university uh, for, you know, a few years, then came to the University of Miami. I think that would have been a better scenario. Uh, I think with Al, uh, you know, both were well-intended. Uh, I think with Al, it was a little different. I think Al uh, didn't understand South Florida football. And uh, he brought a different culture uh, down to South Florida. They just didn't fit. And I think uh, you know, by the time he realized uh, you know, I wouldn't say the error of his ways uh, because it was intentional. I think by the time he realized that you know, things weren't going right, it was probably too late. And uh, and I think that, you know, we consider ourselves lucky uh, to have Mark Rick as our coach now because, you know, timing was good. You know, he needed us uh, and we needed him. And uh, I give a lot of credit to Blake James uh, for, you know, pulling that trigger. Um, you know, that's not – uh, an easy trigger to pull uh, in that situation. Well, it actually, it, it actually really, it actually really was Ryan. You know, he he had called Mark Rick during the season to see if Mark would be interested in a job, and Mark told him no. You know, at that point, Mark had no idea that he was going to get let go at Georgia, and uh, so Blake James was, had moved on and was looking at other candidates, and and then on that Sunday when Georgia decided to let Mark go. Um, when Blake, Blake made the call immediately and the deal started to come together very quickly. I mean, I mean, I remember that I got wind through my sources around noon on that Sunday and was flat out told Mark Rick's going to be the next head coach of Miami. And it, it took them three days to get everything ironed out and get the deal done. But um, I think it, it came together very easily for Blake because um, once Mark was able to sit down with his wife and consider his options, uh, it really was, do I want to coach right now or take a year off? And um, he realized that he uh, an opportunity like Miami 
wasn't going to be there the next year and that there were going to be no guarantees. And, uh, yeah, like maybe right now he maybe he would have been a candidate at LSU, but probably not. And it, it would have been hard to, to, to get a job at this level again. So um, it really well, came together. Well, let me give you my – let me give Gary, let me give you my 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 what what I mean by that. So you know, think about in high school how you know there's a pretty girl in high school that you that you like and uh, you want to talk to her. You always ask her out. She keeps saying no, keeps saying no. It's like okay, sometimes you get used to saying no, but then you know there's a dance coming up and uh, you ask her because it's habit now. You go and ask her to say hey, you know, you want to go to the dance. She say yeah. You're like uh. uh, uh. <laughs> What do I do? So that's what I mean. I mean, again, all the stars align, and, uh, you know, we're lucky and we're fortunate to have him. And I think Bruce mentioned earlier about, you know, the culture and the uh, the atmosphere. And I think that's, you know, what's encouraging for somebody like me uh, to see and witness and watch is that, you know, you know the, the culture is coming. And so, you know, it's funny when I hear and see, um, commentators, you know, some of the athletes, some of the student athletes talk about swag, right? So swag is a mindset. You know, you can't go to the store and buy swag. You got to earn it. And so, you know, when, you know, kids look at you know, some of the games we played, you know, uh, back when I was playing in the 80s and the 90s, you know, something we, we was earned. It was, a, it, was a, it was a part of our culture. It was part of our, uh, the atmosphere there. And, and I think that, you know, it's coming back. It's not there. It's coming back, and it's coming back in a in a measured way. Uh, obviously, we know uh, you know Mark. You know uh, you know how religious Mark is, and so you're not going to see anybody you know fly off the hinge. Uh, you know, I admit you know back in my days, you know guys were a little wild, uh, but uh, it's nice to see uh, the kids having fun. You know, they're winning. They're having fun, and when you have you know those two. Uh, combinations, it 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 creates special things, special moments, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can continue, um, you know, week in and week out, and getting better, and 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 that's what they're doing so far. So, did did you watch the first three games this year at all? I you did. Able to see any of them? So, what do you what do you I think? Did. What do you think of this? What do you think of this year's team? Um, uh, tons of potential, but you know, you know, a lot of coaches and coaches in the pros, you know, always just tell us. Uh, you know, potential means you hadn't done shit yet. And so, um, you know, we're stacked, we're loaded, guys are playing hard, uh, they're getting better, uh, you know, week in and week out. And I think that uh, it's encouraging. You know, I, I'm optimistic. You know, um, you know, I bleed orange and green. And I think that, uh, you know, we're going to have an interesting, you know, next few games, obviously, you know, Georgia Tech here in Atlanta, I'll be there. And, uh, and that's going to be an interesting one, uh, particularly because, as Bruce mentioned before, you guys are talking about, you know, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, if we can slow them down and don't necessarily think we have to stop them, but we can give up, you know, 300, 400 yards of rushing, obviously. If we can slow them down, put some hits on the quarterback and the running backs, uh, you know, slow those guys down, I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think they can hold our offense, uh, but I think we've got to be disciplined. And, uh, and 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 fit in our gaps, and uh, when you play a team like that, um, you know you got to be really really disciplined. As aggressive as you want to be, uh, you got to temper that just a little bit and uh, and stay disciplined because it only take one person, uh, one of the guys to be out of position, and you know you're looking at 40 yards uh, and possibly a touchdown. And so it's gonna it's gonna be fun. We're gonna see how how, how disciplined the guys are. 
and um, if they can stay disciplined and uh, and play 60 minutes, I think we've got a great chance of winning. You didn't have to deal with this offense when you played, but as, as a defensive player, what what are your thoughts on defending an attack like this? Like the uh, Georgia Tech, the option, the option, yeah. The, you know, um, well, how, how big of a men- mental it, I, challenge is it? Ah, no, it's just not. It's it 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 is, but it isn't. And so, you know, you have film. You watch tons and tons of film. And uh, I remember when we played, you know, the Oklahomas and the Nebraskas. You know, they're a great option team, and we watch film. And so it's almost like dancing, right? You know, everybody's got to be in the right place at the right time. And uh, and once that starts to happen, it's almost like a rhythm. Uh, you know, you get the rhythm down with the option teams. You know, it becomes easier and easier. And so but, but how about- we had some of the fast. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, how, how about the, you know, the aspect of having people coming at your knees on every play? You can't think about that, honestly, uh, Gary. You really can't think about that. It happens. It'll get you a couple times. Uh, but as long as you're winning, uh, you know, they can't do that. They can't run the ball the whole game. If, if we're up early, uh, you know, a couple touchdowns, 10 points, 17 points, uh, they got to start throwing the ball. They got to start stop being themselves, and that's what you want. And for us, you know, when we play option teams like that, our job was to slow them down, stop them early. Uh, we go up, you know, 14, 21 points, and then the games, you know, we dictate the game now. And so now uh, we're mixing it up a little bit and uh, creating havoc and showing them things that they hadn't seen before. And so as long as we can do that, I think we're in good shape. But, you know, getting yeah. cut, the other receivers, you know, cutting downfield, you know, you got to get used to it. And uh, I think after probably the first quarter, I think the guys will be okay. Is Miami's youth, in your opinion, on defense an issue in this game? You got three freshman no. linebackers. You got you got a couple defensive tackles who are playing Georgia Tech for the first time. Um, one out of two defensive ends playing for the first time. No, no, football is football, right? I think uh, some of those guys came in early. I think the linebackers came in early. Uh, they got a taste of uh, Division One uh, football early. Uh, you know, they already had three games under your belt. You got a week to heal, got a week to rest. Uh, you know, they should be hungry and want to hit somebody. Uh, I don't think youth is uh, uh, is going to be have any any bearing on the game. I think as long as they stay disciplined and uh, execute the game plan uh, that Manny put together, I think we'd be fine. Uh, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Um, you know, Georgia Tech may uh, get one or two long runs. You know, they may score. But I think the one thing I've been proud of the guys on the defense, especially the young kids, is they kept their composure. When something happens, you know, they kept their composure uh, on both sides of the ball, really, but mainly defense. You know, I, I keep my I, – I keep an arm's distance away from offense. I don't like those offensive guys too much. But uh, so, <laughs> so, 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 you know, my focus has always been on defense. All right, former Kane Ryan McNeil, thank you so much for uh, calling in tonight and uh, sharing some of your wisdom with us. And it, it, it's really great to hear that you've got exciting things going on personally in your life. And uh, hopefully we'll see you up there in Atlanta on Saturday and be able to say a hello face-to-face. Sounds good. Thanks, Gary. All right, Ryan, thank you very much. That's Ryan McNeil, former Hurricane cornerback, and uh, can't thank him enough for calling in tonight on Kane Sport Live. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. 
and uh, share your thoughts like Ryan just did. Let's go out now to the 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Slaughter, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing, Gary? Doing good, doing good. You're going to be in Atlanta this weekend, right? Can I get an email from oh, you? Yeah. When you yeah, get to oh, yeah, town? Yeah, um, I'll be in Friday morning. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I flew in from. I'm staying in Virginia right now. I moved to um, um, Suffolk, Virginia, for work, and I just flew in Birmingham, um, visiting my folks, and I'm driving up Friday morning, uh, and see my mom. My mom's staying in Atlanta. I got you. And are you staying over Saturday night, or are you going back? I'll be there to Sunday. Yes, sir. All right. If I if I if I get a chance, uh, if I got some free time, I'll hit you up. Maybe we'll have a beer or something. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I'm standing. Um, I'm staying close to the stadium too. I got a. Um, I can't remember what location it is, but I'm staying kind of close I, but, to the stadium. But, but this number way. you're calling. But, this number you're calling in on is your cell, right? Yes, sir. That's my cell number. All right. I'll I'll bring it to town with me if I get. I don't I don't really know what my schedule is yet, but if I have a chance, I'll uh, I'll shoot you a text. So anyway, what you got okay. for us tonight? I got I got three things that I want to touch on, man. One thing I want to talk about, um, Mark Walter, man, that kid. I've been t- telling everybody, man, they were saying he wasn't that good last year when he first came. But I was telling everybody, he was supposed to be in a high school playing, playing football that year. But the kid has the kid has developed and surpassed his competition, on you know, on that team, and it's, and, it's, and it's beautiful. I always liked what he brought to the table as far as being able to catch a block and run between the tackles. That's something Duke Johnson can even really do. He wasn't really good in between the tackles. You know what I'm saying? But um, I think that kid is special. And I also, and the, my second point is, I think that Mark Rick is going to show that two-back set that they were talking about in the fall camp. I think he's going to open that up this um, this week because it's a conference game and it's a big game. Um, what do you think about that, Gary? You think they're going to open up with the two-back set? Like I think they'll open it, they'll open it up as much as they need to. I I think that you know you gotta be cognizant of the fact that you have a young defense. You, you know you have to be cognizant of the fact that you don't want them out there for an enormous number of reps. And and you know Georgia Tech typically controls a lot of clock. And if Miami's gonna have any time of possession in this game at all. They're going to have to ball control at, at, to some degree. I mean, obviously, if you have a chance to hit a big play, you're not going to turn it down. But, uh, you know, you also got to give your defense some rest, and you don't want them out there for 90 plays. So um, I think Mark Rick's going to have to balance that a little bit on his play calling. I, I think that Miami is flat better than Georgia Tech when you're looking at offense versus defense, and they should be able to do um, multiple types of things. They should be able to run the ball. Uh, with Mark Walton and Joe Yerby. And uh, so I think he'll mix it up. I think he'll show a little bit more offense than he did in the earlier games. But is he going to lay it all out there this week? My guess is he'd prefer not to with Florida State and North Carolina coming up very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I agree to that to a certain extent. I don't think he's going to just, just go, you know, balls to the wall. But I think he's going to show some wrinkles that he they haven't, you know, had to show before. I think we're going to see a lot of some some screen passes with the backs. You know, some couple of little swing routes with the backs, and I also think he's gonna kind of include, um, like you said, Herndon. I think he's gonna get him um, a little, a lot more catches, and I think you probably see him um, in, at the fullback position a little bit more this week, and catching some passes out the backs. And also, um, just you know, just start just showing a wrinkle. Not saying he's gonna replace the fullback we got now. You know, the juggernaut. That's what I call. I call him the juggernaut. Uh, but you know, I think he's gonna show some 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 things. Um, but I'm you know, I'm pretty happy. I think I think. That we're gonna 
trying to steamroll in the first half to make have to catch up, like Robert said earlier, getting a big lead. And then second half, we can control the clock, burn the clock. Because then the shoe will be on the other foot. Georgia Tech will have to, you know, start throwing the ball like they did against Clemson, and they're going to start throwing a lot of, you know, doing a lot of mistakes because that's not their, their deal. Um, and I think one call a test on this also um, about the um, – far as the defense, I think that um, the D tackle is going to play a major key um, in this game, and that's going to take a lot of pressure off those freshman linebackers um, because that's how you disrupt the um, that option, that option, that triple option, is penetration. And you get that penetration, you shut all that stuff down. It, you know, it messes up that whole time and the whole rhythm, man. Um, what do you, um, what'd you think about that, Gary? I totally agree with you. And this is the best tandem at that position that Miami's brought into a Georgia Tech game. I, I, you know, Norton and McIntosh, to me, are both going to be uh, elite defensive linemen, if not this year, by next year. And uh, they're playing at a pretty high level right now. I've been very impressed with McIntosh. And Norton you know, is a very stout guy as well. So, um, yeah, I agree. They're a huge key. But yeah, they McIntosh kid a lot. I talked to uh, I talked to I talked to um, one of the other guys on the message board. Nobody like nobody was ever talking about McIntosh when he was recruiting when he got on the on the team, and that just shows you how great Coach Cool is as a coach and Coach Manny Diaz how it's his system that brings out the best in these kids, man. And you know, like Mike Mike Smith, who people didn't even think the kid was going to touch the field. You know, he was a high school DN, right? Then he played DN in high school. Mike Smith? Yeah, wasn't he recruiting that uh, came out as he played a lot of DN in high school? A little bit, yeah, he did. Yeah, so but you know, um I think I think man, we got a good shot. I predicted twenty seven ten just because it's the linebackers are, are new. I think they're gonna I think it's gonna be a um seventeen three about a half time, but second half Georgia Tech will make a little run like they did like a couple of years ago when Eddie Johnson um made that stop. But I just think that's going to give them a fit because there's a lot of those guys first time seeing this offense. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout like everybody thinks. I think it's going to be a close, like a 10-point win. So, But I'm, I don't you know, let, get, let you get some more guys on there, um, Gary, and I just look forward to, you know, talking to you or, you know, meeting up with you with drinks Friday night. So just hit me up, man. And Kane, Kane, holler at me, man. We got to link up. I know I'm like 20 minutes away from you now, so we're going to have to get us some drinks, you know, something like that, man. But – one last bird calls to the game, man. Ah, ah. And if you hear that at the game Saturday, you know it's me. Holler at me. Ah. <laughs> All right, Slaughter. And if I don't get to you Friday, let's uh, connect at the stadium Saturday. You know, I'll be down on the field for the for the pregame and stuff. So um, holler at me I when will. you get in. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for giving a call. All right, let me, uh, before we go back to the phone lines and the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let me attack one or two more of these questions that were submitted by the posters at canesport.com. And are the expectations becoming too big for this team already this year? And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I think, you know, everybody in the Canes Nation has obviously been starving for a team that can contend for the ACC title and, and can be relevant in the, the national scene of college football. And Miami hasn't had that in a long time. So I, I think that the fact that there's a sign of hope this year and that the team has looked so professional here the, the first three weeks and, and clearly Mark Rick's doing a, a, a nice job. I, I think that the expectations have 
gotten elevated a little bit and 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 in some cases people might be getting a little ahead of themselves well you know only time will tell on that we'll have to see how the season plays out um but you know are those expectations becoming too big for this team um i th- i think is a real difficult question to answer i think I think it depends how well they're they're managed, and, and that's up to Coach Rick. To, you know, anytime you have a team that has as many young players as this Miami team has, the most difficult challenge is to keep them grounded because you know they haven't experienced uh, the disappointments that could come with showing up for a game unprepared and, and not ha- having the right mindset um, when you go to play on Saturday. They they haven't. They don't know the ramifications of that, and uh, it's the head coach's job to to feel the pulse of his team, to do what he has to do to get them ready. I know at practice today, Coach Richt was not very pleased with some of the things that he was seeing and um, had to get a little bit strong out there on the practice field today and and kind of reel his guys back in mentally and 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 you know get everybody focused and and, and working towards the common cause this week and 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 that's what it takes when you're coaching a young team and that's where having a veteran coach like this can really make a difference as a whole season moves forward um you know he could be standing out there on the practice field at a given moment and know when he doesn't really have his team the way he needs to have them for 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 the upcoming game and uh you know so you know, I, I think Mark's obviously up to the task, uh, but the key is going to be keeping all these young players grounded who are having some success so far this year and not letting them get ahead of themselves. It's a week-by-week thing. you got a lot of tough games, or I'll say potentially tough games, coming up here over the next month, month and a half, and uh, this team's going to have to be ready to play every single week because all these teams in the ACC are capable of winning themselves on any given week. So I hope uh, you know that answers that question well for you. And um, next one I'll tackle here before we go back to the phone lines. Uh, what is a good marker for success for this season at this point? Would it be number of wins? Would it be how the team looks? Um, would it be making the ACC championship game? And um, I think it depends when you're answering that question. How about that? I think if you're answering that question right now, as we sit here tonight, um, I would say a good marker for success has been how the team has looked so far this year, how they've passed the eye test. And um, it's just how professional they've looked. I keep using that word, but, but that's really an appropriate word. You know, they, they're organized, they're, they're practicing hard, they're, they're a, a team full of kids that have good attitudes, there aren't any problems on that team right now. Um, I can't look at that roster and say and name one guy that I'm sitting here thinking has to go, that he's a cancer or he's going to get in trouble. Um, you know, obviously, you know, kids slip up, they make mistakes. But, you know, right now I think they have a, a pretty good group of kids on this team and in this program, a, a pretty high character on the roster, kids that work hard, prepare hard. Um, so I think that right now the marker for success is how they look. Now, as the season goes on, if they continue to have success, uh, then I think that marker is going to shift. And it's not going to be so much how they look. It's going to be how many games they win. And then um, once you get if you if you're lucky enough to get past that marker where you're contending now in the month of November going into December um then of course it's all about the ACC championship game because the bottom line is if Miami is not in that ACC championship game at the end of the year in some way it doesn't find some way to get there 
it's very hard to call this season a success. Uh, you know, I, I don't care uh, about A and B, you know, what we just talked about. Uh, if you're on the outside looking in at the end and watching uh, Pitt or North Carolina or one of these other teams play for the, for the title against uh, Louisville or Clemson or I guess Florida State's not out of it yet either um, – I think that's going to be disappointing. I think you want to see Miami in that game taking its shot at the end of the year against um, those quality teams over in the Atlantic division. So, um, you know, I think the marker for success will shift as the season goes on. How about that? And um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on any of these as we continue on in the show. So um, let's go back now to the phones. 646-595-2048 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 240, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, Gary. What's going on? I'm doing good. Who's this? D-Black. Hey, what's up, D-Black? What you got for us, man? Uh, not much. Just um, not too much football tonight. Just more so... Um, Facilities, you know, that uh, indoor practice facility looks it looks immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> you like it, huh? That we, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely like the setup. It's something that um we needed a, for a long time down here. Something that us Kings fans uh, are very much proud of. What do you yeah, What do you, you think about you, it? Well, I think first of all, you you, you can't thank Carol Sofer enough. She's uh, actually a member of canesport.com, has been for a long time. She's on the message boards every day with all you guys and uh, doesn't post very often, but uh, she loves reading what you guys have to say. She's a, a very avid listener of this Canesport live show every Tuesday well, night. She, I'm sure she's she, listening. If she's she listening right now, I would definitely like to thank you for your uh, generous donation to get them young student-athletes that facility that they needed and to help us get back to being a dominant program again. So D-Black would definitely personally like to thank you for stepping up and, and making it possible. Yeah, and I'm sure you could take those thanks and multiply it by thousands. I mean, I, I think everybody in the fan base couldn't be more appreciative. A lot of guys on the message boards on Friday and Saturday expressed their thanks um, in a post that that was on the message board. And uh, it, it really was just a phenomenal, phenomenal gift that uh, that she and her family have made to the university. I think it's going to transform the football program. Uh, nobody's going to ever be able to say Miami doesn't have good facilities anymore. It's going to be a first-class indoor practice facility with, with a new weight room, coaches' offices, meeting rooms, um, recruiting rooms, all types of different support facilities. And the thing that I really, really love about it that I think is really cool are, are the big, large doors that they're going to build on the side of the building so that when they have yeah. practice, they, they, they raise those doors up. And if it starts to rain or something, they have to go inside. The players just walk walk right in. You know, it's, it's right there for them. They can have segments of practice in there for certain position groups, things like that. And it, it just creates a lot of options for the coaches when it comes to practice. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing, I, I, obviously. And um, looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, me too. Um, now, do you think this is, this is due to the Mark Rick effect, due to the fact that the pro game. I think it would have happened anyway. 
I, I think it would have no, happened. No, 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 not, not, not the, not the uh, indoor practice facility, but the pro, the uh, Mark Wicker fact as far as this year's pro day being held at the Dolphins indoor practice facility. Yeah, I, I think he was sick to his stomach when he saw last year's seniors have to do their pro day in, in, in the rain on a grass field out there and not able to put their best foot forward for the NFL scouts. And I think he made a commitment that I can't let this happen again. And uh, so, yeah, he reached out to the Dolphins and said, can we have it this year at your indoor facility? And then after that, we'll have our own. Right, right. I mean, well, you know, I mean, you know, hey, you know, when you – when you're like a dime, when you're like a dime in this coaching thing, you know you got respect. And you can make those type of calls, and that's and that's exactly what he is. Regardless of what people may say of him not winning, look, he's a dime in this culture. And we talk about just his record, his winning percentage. He's what you consider a dime. Period. No, no, no doubt. Um, and just one thing about the game this week. Looking forward to it. I mean, I think the defense will be fine. They just got to, you know, you know. Got to play with their eyes and just be disciplined. I think the freshman linebackers, uh, I'm pretty sure they, they're willing, they're, they're, they're itching at the bit to get out there and prove that they can they can uh, stop this triple option. And I agree with you. I think Paul Johnson is on his last name. I mean, the, the triple option, it's is, is ran its course. It's ran its course. You know, it was good for a couple of years, but now it's, it's, it's like a rerun. I'm tired of seeing it. Don't want to see it no more. And Georgia Tech probably wants something fresh. Yep. Totally agree with you. So that's all I got so for you got tonight, for Gary. Yeah. Nah, that's it. That's all I got tonight. You know, I told you, we're not really big tonight. just wanted to talk about the indoor practice building and touch on that one football aspect. But um, look forward to uh, to this game on Saturday. Kane Kane, what's going on? I'll hit you Kane, up a Kane, little Kane. later. I don't know if you were listening at the beginning of the show. Kane Kane kicked us off tonight. In fact, Greg's been yeah. a no-show. I'm starting to get a right, little worried Greg, about Greg. Although, although I'll, I'll be honest, I, I see he's popped into the queue, and he'll be coming up in a little while, and uh, okay, he'll get on. But okay. he, he, it, it's the first time this year that Greg wasn't the first call of the night. But Kane Kane, man, he jumped right in there and uh, did a good job. Yeah, Kane Kane, you man, look, you my man and all, but you need to slow it down when you're talking so, every, so people can understand you, champ. You know what I'm saying? You're my <laughs> man, though. You're my man. I'm about to call you up in like 20 minutes so I can blast you. But, Gary, great show. Uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday. And, of course, I'll check you out next Tuesday and give you my critiques of what I see from the game this weekend, brother. All right, D. Black, thank you as always for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646 Four eight. Let's go now out to the two five six, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? I'm doing good. Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama, man. Hey, what's up, Juan? How you doing this week? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. So, uh, where are we at as far as injury wise, Gary? Is everybody came back? They're they're in pretty decent shape. Yeah, uh, I mean. Um, I'm trying to think of it. I don't think uh, anyone uh, anyone's missing, other than the guys okay. that route for the year. Um, Darian Owens was out there. Demetrius Jackson's been out there. So yeah, I don't think there's any issues there right now. Right on, right on. Uh, was uh, 
thinking about some of these uh, offensive line recruits that we've got in the past that were, you know, four stars or whatever, which stars really don't mean nothing. But uh, what's up with Bar Milo? I don't ever hear nothing about that kid or anything. Is he just you know, not developing? Or... It's a toughness issue, I think. You know, he's a big kid. It's certainly not size. Uh, they're working him hard in the weight room. It's, it's, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a lot of California cool in him. You know, it's, it's the best way I could describe it. And just isn't quite as tough yet as he needs to be. And they've been working him at guard there. You know, Stacy Searles is doing everything he can do to try to bring it out of him. Um, but you know, he's just a nice kid. He doesn't have that, 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 that werewolf in him right now. And, and, uh, that's what they have to try to develop. So you can say the same thing to a certain extent about, you know, a couple of other offensive linemen like St. Louis and all those guys. St. Louis is a little further along. He's further along than Bar Milo. But, you know, Mahoney, Gauthier, um, you know, all those guys, they're, you know, they're just all, uh, you know, not getting, getting it as quickly as you would like to see them get it. Okay. Here, Jones. Uh, you know, they just haven't recruited very well at the O-line position under Al Golden. Heard that. Uh, you know, I, I mean, now I may just have my cane shades on as far as this goes, Gary, but, I mean, everybody seems like they a bit nervous about this game this weekend. I mean, I was more so no, nervous over the past, you know, through all the Al Golden years, and he went out there and smashed them a few times. So, I mean, I'm not nervous at all about this game. You know, we upgraded all the coaches pretty much at every position. You know, you got Kuligowski, you got Banda, you got Diaz, and, of course, Coach Rick. So, I mean, I'm not worried at all. And just like I told you last week, man, we're going to put 45-plus up on them. They may score in double digits, you know, hopefully not. But I think we're going to smash them, you know, and I close out with a hurricane for life and, Let's dominate come Saturday, man. That's all I want to see is let's just run through these cats. We got something to Alrighty. prove, Gary. You know, we we three and zero right now. We looking to go four and zero. And as I said last week, we're still climbing. Roll Titus if you're here. You know we're coming for you once again. We keep <laughs> rolling on y'all. Let's go. Keep me on hold. All man. right, one. You got it. Thank you for being part of the show. It's six four six five nine five two zero four eight. The number you hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show and um, guys, I'm going to take a moment now to talk about another of our great sponsors on Kane Sport Live, uh, a guy that's fully committed to improving the shaving experience for all you guys out there who cheer for the Canes and listen to Kane Sport Live. And that's um, Harry's and Harry's Razors. And, um, you know, what do you love most of, of, about shaving, you know, when you're looking for a great shave? Is it closeness? Is it a smooth shave, a, a comfortable glide? Well, Harry's razors gives you all of the above and um, really has revolutionized the shaving experience for me. Uh, I've always been – I've never liked shaving. I can't stand the nicks, the ingrown hairs, um, just you know, not something that I look forward to doing, just like I'm sure many of you guys out there can't stand shaving in the morning. But when I started using Harry's razors – Everything kind of changed for me, and um, you know, Harry's committed to all you guys out there in the Canes Nation to e- experiencing what I've been able to experience in discovering Harry's razors, and that's why they've put together this deal for you guys 
that I'm going to tell you about here in a minute where you're going to be able to get uh, a free trial set that will include a razor, a five-blade cartridge, and a shaving gel for free. You're just going to pay shipping, and that's going to give you a chance to try out uh, the great Harry's products. And um, Harry's five-blade razors now include a softer flex hinge for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places, a lubricating strip, and a textured handle for more control when it, when it's um, when it's wet. And um, they're still just two dollars a blade compared to four dollars or more that you'll pay at the drugstore. And you don't have to sit there and worry about um, getting the clerk to leave the register and open up one of those plastic cases for you to get your razor blades. Harry will ship them right to your door and and, and um, make it very easy for you. And you'll get them for half the price that you pay for razors in the store. And um, the reason they can do it is they own the factory in Germany where they make the blades. And um, so they make the high-quality razors by themselves and can sell them online for half the price. So Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades that they will send you their popular free trial set that I just, I just spoke about, which comes with a razor, a five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel for free. When you sign up for a shave plan, you just pay shipping. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of the show tonight. You enter the code CANES at checkout, and they'll also throw in some post-shave bomb to your order for free. So go to harrys.com right now. You enter the code CANES, C-A-N-E-S, at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave bomb. That's harrys.com. Let them revolutionize the shaving process for you. I promise you, you will not be sorry. It will take shaving to a whole nother level, and it will remove it from being a miserable part of your day in the morning when you get up and you have to get ready for work and you have to shave. So thank you, harrys.com, once again, for being a loyal sponsor of Kane Sport Live. All right, 646-595-2048, is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305 now where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Hello? This is Adam. Hey, what's up, Adam? How are you doing this week? Tough week for Miami sports, but all in all, good. Yeah, it really has been. Wow. Yeah. And I and you know and I I, yeah. I I in my career also had the opportunity on several occasions to talk to and meet Arnold Palmer and it was uh yeah. so for me it was for me it was it was kind of yeah. sad to see to see him pass as well I I've I've gotten yeah. to know I got to know him a little bit and um you know he meant so much to the sports world all through the, my lifetime so yeah it's yeah. Been, it's been a little bit of a rough week in that regard Yeah especially being a Miami sports fan with Jose and everything Yep. But um, getting back to the game, um, I don't know if you were at practice, but they were saying Giovanni Haskins was playing the role of Justin Thomas. Did he yeah, do he a good one, job he, or anything that could help I don't know, us Martin, with the option? I mean, I think they're doing the best they can. They really don't have the perfect guy to do it. So I think they, they're kind of rotating guys and having a few different guys do different things. Um, and you know, Giovanni's a bigger kid, just like Justin Thomas is, and uh, and and can kind of emulate that aspect of it a little bit. So, you know, they've been using him, and uh, I'm sure it's not ideal. You know, Mark Richt has not been thrilled from what he yeah. seems to be communicating with that element of the process. Uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't think he feels like they have the option 
a scout team situation in getting ready for Georgia Tech, but uh, yeah, I guess, I guess they're doing the best they can. Um, a couple other questions. Um, I, an earlier caller was mentioning the offensive line. I was thinking um, to next year when we get more offensive line depth with Brown and um, do, do you see Hillary being able to play right away or is he a redshirt candidate? You don't ever know a true freshman. I think Donaldson would play right away. Um, really? I think he, yeah, I think he's way ahead of most high school linemen, and I think he's going to be yeah. an elite player. I think he would have a great chance. Hillary, I don't really have an opinion on. I haven't been able to see him as anywhere near as much as I've seen Donaldson. Um, you okay. know, I've, I mean, I've seen Donaldson several times going against some of the top defensive linemen in the country. So I got a pretty good mm-hmm. handle on what, on what he can do. And I've, I've been really impressed. Um, but mm-hmm. Hillary, I've not had that opportunity, so I can't really say that he's going to be as ready. My guess is he won't be. Okay. And a couple of things, when I saw patch in his back, or at least he's back to practicing, do you see him making an impact at all this year? Uh, probably not unless there's injuries. Uh, you know, I, I think that'd be asking a lot after missing as much time as he's missed, but, um, I think it's, it's good that they're working a man at practice and, you know, just getting his feet back under him, and they don't have that kind of pressure to get to, to rush him back like that. Okay. And Colbert and Jenkins are healthy going forward, or at least going into the Georgia yes. Tech week. It looks okay. that way. Well, I'm saying because we might need Colbert with the option and they run to the edges. Yeah, the thing I like about Colbert out there on the edges is is that he's uh he's been a safety his whole career. Now, I know yeah. he's a backup, but he still has has probably a little bit more toughness um mm-hmm. right now than some of the other corners on the roster and I think he could be a big asset out there. Okay. Uh do you also think I mean that um somebody like a Michael Jackson or even like uh, Ryan Mays could be with their lane more of an yeah. asset than say a corn elder who's smaller. Yeah, and... I do. I, I do think that, that, that I would not be surprised at all if Manny Diaz chose to use those guys. You know, I remember watching Mark D'Onofrio. <laughs> um, he wouldn't even play Tracy Howard in this game. The, the first few yeah. years of Tracy Howard's career. I mean, Tra- it wasn't until Tracy Howard was a junior or senior that they felt comfortable that he was tough enough to go into this game. I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on those corners. I mean, you got to really be tough out there. And um, a couple other things. Um, one, besides Holloman and Smith, do you know of any other wide receiver recruits? Um, I know we're pretty much getting two brand-new receivers back next year in Cager from the ACL and then Bruce. Um, but are there any other receiver recruits that we're looking at? Um, well, you, you know, Kayvon Dingle's committed, right? From uh, yeah, from Carroll City. Um, mm-hmm. So he's one. Uh, and you know, I know evidence... we dropped Rodney Scott, I think, or correct. Just he committed, and we're not pursuing him. Correct, but you know, and you know, evidence Najoku, um, David's brother, yeah. is committed. Okay, so um, you know, do you see evidence always... Najoku real quick as more of a hybrid? like his brother who could develop into a tight end or is he strictly a wide receiver? Not really sure yet. You know, not really sure yet. Okay. They, they, they have, they have a really good tight end in the class. Plus uh, obviously they, they're happy with some, with, um, with the tight end situation on the existing team and you've okay. got Michael Irvin and you've got Giovanni Haskins. So I, I think that's probably to be determined. Um, okay. But you know, 
I think you just mentioned thinking with his height and his weight. That's why. Yeah. But, um, you know, other receivers, I think you just mentioned Jeremiah Holloman. Um, I think they have a really good chance to get him. Um, I think they're still alive with Devonta Smith. Um, that's looking like a Miami, Alabama battle. Uh, was he at all interested in LSU? I wonder if that's now up in smokes with, Miles and Cameron getting not, fired. Not a lot, but you know, depending on who ends up getting that job, you never know. That could change. Uh, yeah. But you know, that's a tough battle there. We'll have to see. Uh, they've been fishing a little bit with Mike Harley, but I think at the end of the day, he's too small. Um, I don't think he'll make the cut. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see a, a couple more guys emerge as, as things move mm-hmm. forward. Uh, but right now, that's pretty much what it looks like at receiver. Okay. And in DBs, I saw either on this site or another site that we were looking at Kem Roach, a Louisville commit out of Miramar. Are there any other DBs that we're looking at to build up depth? Because we lose Elder, we lose uh, Corbett um, after um, this year. Mari Carter, I think there's a great chance that he ends up in the class um, out of Palm Beach Gardens. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think you got to keep an eye on that. You, you just mentioned Roach. And then um, – yeah. You know, they were fishing a little bit with a kid named Derek Smith out of Jacksonville, but I don't think he's going to make the cut. You know, I don't um, I, I don't think he's going to make the cut. So I think your DB class will be Bandy, Amari Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, right now it's looking like DJ Dallas will play DB, uh, although he could go back to receiver if they wanted to go in that direction. Yeah. Uh, Brian Edwards, um, Billy Gibson, and um, if – Depending on if he sticks, Christopher Henderson, and then and then obviously Roach is still yeah. there as well. If you know, I don't know if he'll factor in unless one of the other guys drops off, but we'll see. I'm just not okay. sure if they're gonna, if they're going to take seven DBs. You know, that seems like okay. a lot, but but you and, know. And at the end of the day, do you see Henderson sticking or flipping to Florida? I think it could go either way. He's a little bit of a goofy kid, and you know, Florida's doing a good job recruiting him also. So we'll see. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, my only reason for him sticking is you have his teammate Joe committed next year and then Bandy committed this yeah. year. But the, the, these kids are goofy, you know. That, that doesn't always yeah. matter. You know, they don't, they, don't, they don't always care about going where their teammates are going. You know, I, you know so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't like the fact that he's going to Gainesville instead of going to the Miami-Florida State game. I mean, that's a little bit uh, shaky, you know. Yeah. So, but did so, he say he would go to like do an unofficial to Miami, or has he been to Miami before? Oh yeah, yeah. well yeah, he can go to Miami anytime he wants. It's it's ten minutes from his school, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, we'll see. I, I think you got to monitor that one all the way through, and and I think Donaldson has to be watched all the way through also. Okay, because I read earlier in another article that Donaldson now considered himself solid. Yeah, he's been saying that all along, but he's also taken a lot yeah. of visits. And he's talking to yeah. a lot of different so. Okay. Yeah, All you right. never know until they sign on the dotted line. Um, yep. Well, thanks for taking my call. Have a great rest of the show. You got it. Thank you for being part of it, as always. Thank you. All right. Before we go back to the phone lines, let me uh, jump back on, as I promised, to the list of questions and topics that were submitted. Has recruiting changed at all given the situation at LSU, Florida State, Florida, and Georgia? Has that created an uptick in recruiting? Um, I think it's too soon to say. I think if Miami had more spots, uh, maybe it would be more pronounced at, at, at this point in time. But um, I, don't, I think there continue to be opportunities in Georgia. Uh, 
you know, you you know that DJ Dallas is committed, and uh, we we we've talked a lot about um, Holloman possibly uh, coming from Georgia as well at receiver. Um, Louisiana um, coach Cool likes to recruit that state, and you know I think things with the uncertainty at LSU could develop there. I'm sure right now they're looking at pretty much every guy on that LSU recruiting list and, and hoping that they could exploit the uncertainty at LSU right now and, and maybe get in on a couple of those kids. We'll have to continue to watch that. Uh, Florida State losing to Louisville. I don't think that affects anything recruiting-wise um, in, in that regard. And, um, you know, same with Florida. You know, Florida has kind of like been struggling against FSU and Miami. Uh, so, you know, I don't think their loss to Tennessee really moves the needle in, in any direction um, worth really talking about at this point. Um, next question, has Amon Richards become the number two receiver after Stacey Coley? And I, I would say he has been the first few weeks, but I'm telling you, I would not sleep on Braxton Berrios. And I think before the year is said and done that Braxton Berrios will have as many catches as those guys. Uh, I think you're going to see games where he gets a lot of looks, particularly as a third down uh, possession guy who can run a good route and, and get be shifty in the middle of the field and get open. And, and um, he's got great chemistry with Kaya. So uh, I'm not ready to declare Richards the number two receiver right now behind Stacey. I, I think Braxton Berrios could uh, – jump in there and and even Dale Harris has looked good in in training camp and stuff and is is a guy to continue to 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 watch as the season moves forward. All right, 646-595-2048 646-595-2048 you hit the number 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show and let's go now out to the 845 which I believe is Greg. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Where the heck were you tonight? You weren't first. Okay, tell Kane Kane he had his one week. I'll be back next week in the leadoff <laughs> spot. Okay. Yeah, you, I, I, I don't actually, know if you'll ever be able to do it with the style that he did it. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm more substance and style. Anyway, uh, I was playing... <laughs> I was up, I was playing golf up in Blowing Rock at a beautiful golf course, and I got home late. Uh, but anyway, I got a few things I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, I'm coming down for the Florida State and Carolina games, and uh, I have a buddy I'm going to the game with who knows you, and he's going to point you out. I want to maybe we could meet at one of these games here before the game. Okay. I look forward to that. All right. All right. Now, are these assistant coaches signed for one year or multiple years? Um, in, in most cases, the, the good ones will get, like, two-year contracts. They usually don't go more than two years on, assi- on assistance. Okay. So a guy like uh, Coach Cool, the only way he can get out of his contract is if he – Interviews for like a coordinator position. See, so allowed um, to go to another school as a D line coach. I, I don't know the terms of his contract. I mean, usually assistant coaches, if they want to move, can move. Okay. All right. Let's see now. 
All right. Um, Mark Rick attended this Central Booker T game the other night. Uh, did, did Al Golden do that when he was the coach? Yes. Did he go to games like that? Oh, he did. It. Okay. All right. Now, all right. Uh, what about this quarterback? I read your story about this this kid from New Jersey, the 2018 quarterback. Did you interview him? What do you think about him as a possibility? Yeah, he's a good, he's a good prospect. Mark Rick's putting a lot of time into that one, so he cl- clearly likes him. Right. Okay, and my last point here is two years ago in recruiting, at one time we had four running backs, Mark Walton, Dexter Williams, Jordan Scarlett, and Cronkite. I believe we got the best one out of those four by far. Do you agree with me? Absolutely agree, yes. Uh, you know, I wasn't really impressed with Cronkite even when he was in high school. And um, Scarlett, you know, I heard some mixed reviews on. I mean, his talent is not in question. You know, people told me that, you know, there, there's things there that, that might keep him from maximizing his potential. And, you know, he's an okay player for Florida, but certainly nothing off the charts. And uh, absolutely, and I think I think Mark Walton's a superstar. So you're absolutely right. I think Miami did get the best one. Right. All right, I'm going to give you a score for this week. 41-17. Yeah, I mean, I... That's what I, I... I don't think they can... I think we have a better offense than... Clemson right now. I think we can score. I think we can throw on this team well. And yeah, I don't disagree. I think the only variable is whether the defense with the young players struggles. Well, and you know, I we believe if we if we could beat Florida State after that, you'll see some more recruits come on board right then and there. That's my, that's what I believe. I think there a lot of them are holding out to see how we do against Florida State. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. All right, Gary, I'll talk to you next week. You got it, Greg. Thank you, as always, for being for part of the one. show, even if you weren't first tonight. Let's go out to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's Ross in Jersey. Hey, what's up, Ross? What you got, man? Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, just want to um, jump on board with, with saying uh, I want to thank Ms. Um, Safa for her donation, um, the generosity at a time when we really, really, really need, need the money and, and, and the support. I just want to be, jump on board and fan base and tell her, we got to speak to the fan base. I want to thank her so much, and it means a lot, and we're, we're, we're going to benefit and um, you know, I, I just no words could be said more than just, just thank you so much. And hopefully, she and her family could be part of. I'm not saying I'm hoping, I'm dreaming that they could be part of something down the road, possibly get a stadium somewhere. I don't know, but you know, they're, don't they're hold don't like hold your breath on that one. It's not like they're powerful people, so maybe you know, you know, don't ever say never. You know, don't ever say never. You don't that, really need so. it right now. There, there's nothing wrong with the stadium. 
understand. You're never going to build a stadium this nice, even if you build one your own. And you're not. There's nowhere to put it on campus. So what's the difference? So mm-hmm. yeah, you, you know, maybe you could put something at Tropical Park, but you're not going to be able to build anything close to as nice as this. Okay, I think I think they should stay stay where they are. I think the fans are showing this year that they'll come out. The crowds have been good. I, I mean, okay. I, I think that this is the year that it's going to be proven that that stadium can be sufficient for UM football. Okay, and um, I want to I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to the Georgia Tech game. I just want to ask the question. I want to get this in because I what what time is the game? What time is going to be the game for Georgia Tech? Is that going to be a twelve o'clock game? Or we, won't know, we won't know. Till, we won't know till Sunday. ABC's got to hold on it. They're waiting to see what Florida State does Saturday, and they're waiting to see what Miami does Saturday. Okay. All right, well, let me address the game a little bit. Um, this is what I think we should do. You, you, you said on defense we should come out and we should attack them. I agree. So that's the same mentality I hope we have um, offensively. I hope we go after them. I think I want to set out wide receivers everywhere. I want to send deep routes. I want to send corner routes. I want to, I, if we get close to the end zone, I want to fade the ball. I want, I want to stretch this defense out and, and always keep them on the heel. Of course, we want to run the ball. But I want to stretch them out. I want to make sure that they are their heels. And, and, you know, they're not, like you said, they're not fast. They're not good. And if we give them confidence by turning the ball over or drop balls or anything like that, we'll have to keep them, keep them in the game. We cannot do that. We've got to come out like, a, like we've been rested, we're hungry, and, we, and we're oiled up and we're ready to go. That's how we got to come out. If we're right number 14, I know it don't mean nothing, but for, 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 um, for recruits and Commentators and, and, and the eye, the public eye, it means something. And we got to come out and show why we're ranked, why we're expected going into the next game. And that game will get a lot of attention if they're undefeated going into that game because now some of the pressure will be on, on Florida State also. And, and and to answer your question, it's a question that we your um your your, your guys asked on the on, on the on the board by saying which one of these games will mean more by going to the championship game, by um, getting to, getting eight or nine victories. Let me throw this at you. If we could substitute beating Florida State this year, only getting that, because we might only get to taste them once, beating Florida State this year but not getting to the championship game, but we could beat Florida State, which will help us with recruit. And help us with just our psyche and the fact that we could probably try to take over the rivalry going forward. And fishing might be out of there going to LSU anyway. But what do you think about that? Do you think that was, um, how do you think, what do you think the take on that? Uh, you know, I think it's Miami's time to do that. You know, I mean, they've lost to Florida State, I think it's six straight times. And, uh, you know, obviously are due for a victory. And I, I think, I think, you know, you've seen some of the deficiencies on the Florida state team. Their offensive line is terrible. Um, they've, They've given up a lot of plays on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, So I think that there's a a decent chance for Miami to, obviously with getting them at home and and all, to to break the the string this year. They're due. And I think these things are cyclical. And, and, you know, you you, you saw Florida State go through their period 
of dominance there for a few years, and Florida had theirs, and uh, now, now it, it could be time for Miami to start rising up again and and be the the leader of the the big three in Florida, and that'll be a great opportunity. But first, you got to get you know you got to take these one at a time. None of these ACC was, teams are great, Ross. I mean, they're you know none of them are great, but I think there's a whole lineup of them here coming up that are capable of putting a good game together and and winning and um, and I think every week is going to be a challenge and uh, you got to remember this is a young team and you know you, they they got to take them take them one at a time. I know it's a cliche, but uh, yeah, you said um, you was throwing the questions out. You said if we we could join in by answering some of them, and I was just saying yeah. you know as far as that and, and and a couple other too. When you say which which one I consider that might be a, a sleeper game, a game that might catch up, sneak up on, on us and beat us, is if we're going well, and I hope to God, I pray that we are, if we're going well, that North Carolina State game, yes. that North Carolina State game is, 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 is tricky as heck. You know, yeah, I think yep. this year we're in the year. Yep, I totally yeah, agree I on that gonna, one. I think we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna expect to, to be in a, a dog fight. At Virginia Tech, I mean, it might rain. You know, it might rain on us that night. You know, our luck is in Virginia Tech. Whatever could go wrong over there, and we, and we, you know, it's going to go wrong over there. So we got to be able to. I think that's what yeah, we you're, see. Uh, you're coming. You're coming off a stretch of Georgia Tech, Florida State, North Carolina, and on five days, you got to get ready and go up to Virginia Tech on the road on a Thursday night. I, I, I totally agree. That might and then be a game come- that, yeah. That might you're be a coming back, game you got to go at Notre Dame. Then you got Pittsburgh, which is a very capable team coming in. So, um, yeah, it's I tricky mean, because I, it's tricky because it's a it's a, it's a TV game, and and, it's, and let's say we get down in that game, Mark Rigano might just not shut us down, but might not want to go into where we get out. You know, we are slipping and we are we're dropping the ball, maybe we're fumbling the ball. It might just be a game where we just kind of like just. You know, drop it and just go ahead and just like try to get ready to to Notre Dame and you know, but I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we have a different type of team. I think we're, it's going to be nutrition is going to be very key. You know, it's going to be very key in that game and and, and games like that. But anyway, for the next for this week coming up, everybody's predicting in the 40s. I think we got to be a little careful with that. You know, I, I remember I predicted a blowout Appalachian State and, and it happened. But I think if everybody's throwing out their score, let me get involved with it too. I think um, the score. I'm, I'm just fighting myself on this a little bit. But I, you know, I I won't say thirty. I'll say twenty. What is it? Twenty nine. We'll find a way. Can we score? We'll score like twenty nine, thirty, and I think they will have. I think they'll kick a field goal or so, a few field goals on us early. So I said twenty nine, twenty nine, seventeenth, something, something, some somewhere around there. You know, a twenty nine twenty won't look like dominance, but I'll take the victory. You know, and that's what I care about is 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 the win. You know that we 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 we, we do what we got to do and hold, and hold the fort on that. Also, um, is Harris is Harris number thirty three? Is he healthy in this game? Is he gonna be healthy? Yeah, yep. And the yes. reason why I bring him up is because if anybody is playing smart out there, he'll be he'll be one of them that's playing smart. He you know we're having trouble kind of like holding the edge. He's the kind of yeah, guy he's that's the kind of an asset in this game. You're absolutely right. He's going to go in there and he's going to do his job. And maybe some of the guys can learn from that a little bit. Maybe like a Jackson that's probably all hamped up and not on the edge and getting swept off his feet. And they'll throw Harrison and then he'll do his job. And they'll say, now, Jackson, this is what we want. We want you to go out there and hold the edge, send everything back inside, and we'll take our chances with our, our safeties and our linebackers. So I think that's something that, you know, um, Harris being healthy is key. 
You know, I think that's key. If he could be healthy in that game, I think his veteran leadership and the fact that he's not a complainer, he's just going and doing his job could be, be really key. It could be really key to us. You know, so yep. oh, one quick recruiting question. Um, and and I, I feel like getting greedy here. With LSU having their troubles, you know, and um, all the stuff that's been going on in Louisiana, do you think we have a shot at the kid that, that has been going back and forth? you think you had a shot at um, getting them now because LSU might be in some disarray a little bit? Um, which one are you referring to? The receiver? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in that case, I think it's Miami or Alabama, and it could go either way. Um, there's also a running back out of Louisiana they're looking at, Travis Etienne. Um, I liked his film. Uh, he got an offer earlier this month, and he's going to visit. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. he's one from Louisiana that they can get. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we mentioned Devontae Smith, the receiver. Um, yeah. I think they. I I, I think that one's going to be a, a tough, but they they could certainly get him. They're they're looking at an offensive lineman from Baton Rouge, um, Adrian Ely. I think that there's an outside shot there that he could be part oh, of the okay. class. Um, well, that, that's so there's great. there's, there's hey, a few kids. In Louisiana, um, a defensive end, Brian Jones, is another one. He's an Ole Miss commit. Probably a long shot from Miami, but um, he's he's still in the mix. And being there's, no time like, there's, no, there's no time like now. You know, you know they, they would have came over here and took advantage of us having some problems. We were having some problems. They'd come over here and take a, yeah. a cornerback from us or a wide receiver. So it's might as well we go over there and see what's, what's going on with that. Oh, they, yeah, they, I mean, they, they already were over there, so... Um, yeah, a couple you know, more they quick need... things. You saying um, Gus Johnson might um, might go ahead and transfer Edward. Gus, Gus Edwards. Yeah, I think he should, only because I think he'll graduate this year, and I think he could come back and play maybe at a, at a, at a UConn or one of oh, the yeah. schools. Oh, yeah, he, like he, he could definitely area. go play somewhere. I totally agree. He could definitely go yeah, play somewhere. Yeah, he'll get, he'll get a lot. He'll be a graduate student, and he'll be able to say he went to Miami. He'll be able to probably maybe end up at the Combine or maybe at one of these North and South games and down the road. There's so many of them now. He'll be able to show what he got. And it's always it's always – there's always room in the NFL for guys like him anyway, you know. So, you know, yep. that's just how I feel about that. One last thing though, Gary. Um, what do you feel about what do you feel about this? Um, you said, um, and this is my last one, and I let other guys um get on. You said that um Florida, um, you know, Randy Shannon, he's the type of guy that could come in and because he knows the neighborhood and and, and he'll be able to make some waves, and I, that's what he's doing right now with Telford. And, you know, I understand that. You know, he went to his old high school. Do you think we, you know, because I like my staff. I love everything about it. But do you think we still lack that one guy on staff that could go out and recruit? Not that he's an administrative guy, that one guy that could um, super relate to what's going on around in the, in the schools. Even though we're doing a good job, but you, 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 you brought it up. You mentioned it. So I'm saying, do you think, we still like that one guy, that neighborhood guy. Who, well, who's the recruiting superstar and stuff? I, I think we got to see. You know, I mean, I think Thomas Brown could develop into that guy. Uh, no I doubt about that, it. Because he's young enough, um, he's young, he can relate a yeah. little bit. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, he he's somebody that could develop into that. We'll have to see. You know, I don't know that I would make that pronouncement yet, but uh, but, but yeah, he's one. Um, Ron Dugans. Is is a, is a guy that I've seen. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, he, he you know, is a really I, I good recruiter. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he a, establishes he's a, a really godly good, person. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he establishes yeah. a real nice connection with the kids that he recruits. I've been impressed with him. Um, and he Coach was Bannon, at South Florida. Coach, he was at Coach, South Florida, and so, yeah. Ross, you're not letting me answer your question, man. Go ahead, um, go ahead. Co- Coach Banda is another one that I'd keep an eye on who has a real passion for recruiting and, and can do a real nice job. Um so they've they've got a couple guys. I I think it's still you know it's still young early in the game. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a new staff, um, but you know is there that recruiting superstar that you're talking about? Uh, I I don't know that we could pronounce somebody to, into that at this point. Okay, you got it. you brought it up, and you saying how you know how Shannon is um you know one of them older guys a lot of people still respect and they're willing to give him a chance. So, you know me, I'm competitive. I don't like nothing about the Gators. I don't like nothing about Florida State. So um, I just want to have that guy also. I want to start having everything that these other teams have, and let's see how we, you know, how we shape up. And, and that's, that's how I feel about it. So just, sorry about that from jumping in front of you. I'm just excited. And just want to dominate. So, again, score is like 30, 30-something, 30, 30 17. And we do looking wonderful again on ESPN, you know. Hopefully, you know, by 9 o'clock that night, we are, everybody's feeling great about what, what happened in, uh, in Georgia. So, all right, Ross, right, give, that's, give, that's, give that's us a call next man. week. You got it, man. Right, Thanks for being home. part of the show. We'll talk, we'll talk to you after the uh, Georgia Tech game. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Uh, let me jump back into those questions for a minute. Is it fair to say that Brad Kaya is out of the Heisman race at this point? I would say, no, it's not fair to say that. I, I think there's a lot of football to be played here the next few weeks, and I think this is Brad Kaya's time. Um, national TV at Georgia Tech uh, could lead into more national TV against Florida State than a big game with North Carolina. You've got a trip to Notre Dame in the mix uh, com- coming up, uh, uh, another national TV game against Virginia Tech in there. So a lot of opportunities for Brad Kaya to really um, – emerge in in college football and 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 if Miami keeps winning he can get into the Heisman race now you know obviously um Louisville's quarterback's going to have a little bit to say about that he's off to a ridiculous head start but uh but I wouldn't say Kaya is out of it no not not at all I think his opportunities are coming up here over the next month and we'll see what he does with them if he puts up four or five monster games in a row then I think he'll be in the conversation if he doesn't then he won't, and uh, that's the best that I can answer that one. Um, which player that was not on the radar going into the year has impressed the most this year? Um, I think I'd rather name three than than just one. I mean, obviously, Amon Richards, nobody would have expected him to get off to the start that he's gotten off to in his first three games as a true freshman receiver. So I think you've got to include him on the list. Um, I think Michael Pinckney at linebacker has far exceeded what anybody expected out of him coming into this year as a true freshman linebacker. And then I think defensive end Demetrius Jackson is another one that's played at a very high level, probably at a higher level than might have been expected coming into the year. So I would throw those three out there um, in that regard. Um, What's a reasonable date for the indoor practice facility to be ready? I think they're targeting um, spring ball of 2018 for that project to be finished. 
and I think it'll meet that timetable. I think they'll finish the fundraising here relatively quickly. When's Adrian Colbert coming back? I think you'll see him out there against Georgia Tech. Um, through the first three games, what position group has surprised the most positively um, or negatively? Um, I don't think anyone would have a negative attached to it, but I, I think the linebackers with the three freshmen have been better. Um, than what you might have expected coming into the year. And I think the defensive line as a whole, with the two tackles playing as well as they have, uh, Demetrius Jackson emerging, Chad Thomas finally playing the way everybody thought Chad Thomas would play for a long time. Um, So I think those are the spots that you'd have to look at there. Um, Which position coach has impressed the most so far? Um, I think it's pretty darn hard to single out one. I mean, if you had to pick one, maybe you'd pick Coach Cool or Tom, you know, with the D-line or Thomas Brown with the running backs. But the bottom line that I see is almost every player on this roster is better than they were a year ago. And to me, that's a tribute to the coaching staff and the level of coaching that they're getting. I've been mad impressed with everybody. I don't see a weak link on this staff right now. I think they're all doing a great job. And um, kudos to Mark Rick for assembling such a high-quality coaching staff that everybody can be impressed with and proud of. All right, let's go back to the phones, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We're going to go now out to the 678, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Hi, what's going on, Gary? It's Kane's Junkie. <clears throat> what's up, Junkie? How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm, man, I'm feeling real good about about our schedule, about this team. Um, I just had a, a couple of things I want to touch on with the Georgia Tech. Um, I'm predicting blowout, and just the reason why. Um, Kaya, first of all, we, with him, with the running game, with the commitment to the game plan, to stick to the script, to do what we're supposed to do, and not try to get cute, not get fancy, but you know, play our style. I don't think Georgia Tech can be able to uh, match that. And then we we talk about, you know, the young linebackers and all that. One thing about Georgia Tech, uh, what, Denzel Perryman was a senior, and he lost to him. So with that offense, it, it really, you know, it's like you're a fifth-year freshman playing against that because you can't really, like, get a good scout team look with the with, with the chop blocking, um, with the quarterbacks. So you you know it's like you just got to go out there and play. One thing about freshmen, <clears throat> yeah, if, if their execution is sharp, they can make your life miserable. And with freshmen but, playing against it, they, they're not used to guys flying at their knees and stuff. I mean, it it can play but, with your mind. But, yeah, it can. But the thing the thing with freshmen, you know, they when you come out of high school, you play against a lot of wing T which is it's not the same as a triple option, but it's not like, whoa, this is something totally different. They see a lot of wing T with the misdirection. But the thing with freshmen is the biggest thing is you find freshmen not physically ready. But when you look at our freshman linebacker, Shaq Quarterman, like, he looked like a junior. So that's the biggest concern I have with a freshman when you saying, oh, they're young, they're young. If they're prepared right, it's like, Man, his body needs time to develop. That's why we love to say red shirt because most freshmen they need to get it in the mind and get it in the body. So they can go out there and be athletic, but they just so light they get pushed around. But with our linebackers coming down here, they coming down here like juniors, six one two forty. That's that's not fr- most eight seventeen eighteen year old kids that I see 
that they're not six one two forty. So when we say freshmen, I mean I I feel a, I feel a little better with Shaq coming down here, with with McLeod coming down here, with Pickney coming down here, um, and. And like I said last week, you know, I don't want to move ahead of Georgia Tech, but I just don't see how Georgia Tech can stay on the field with us. Um, and I'm looking forward to Florida State. <laughs> Winky, uh, Flowers versus Kaya. I mean, Kaya, Winky lit that defense up. You know Kaya going to eat. So, once again, I'm on that. I think we'll see a game when we play North Carolina. I'm looking forward to it. I might actually be out there. Um, I thought I, my schedule wasn't gonna let me, so hopefully I get to see y'all out there. But you know, that's all I had. Oh, also, um, the the people who I feel like impressed the most, who I never, I didn't see it coming. Gotta say, McIntosh. You know, I never, I didn't see him making an impact, dominating, being in the backfield like he's been. You know, I knew we couldn't really gauge the Nafrio defense, so we couldn't really say this player can't play, that player can't play. But I just didn't expect. McIntosh, you know, we always talk about Gerald Willis was unblockable, so, you know, I expected him. I saw Norton flashing a little bit, and Jenkins had, you know, been playing a little bit, but I, I, McIntosh just came out of nowhere for me, so he impressed me the most. And then, of course, Mike Smith, and then, you know, the freshman linebacker, Pickney. Yeah, I think Pickney really, I didn't see that. I, I expected Amon Richards to do what he did. You know, he. that's why I was felt, okay, we didn't – hit on all the other ones that we missed on, like the the, the Wims good guy. Is he playing at Georgia? The guy who the, – the JUCO guy who um who it came down to us in, in Georgia I, and he wanted to go know. play with Georgia? I don't know. Uh, I haven't watched it. I haven't seen Georgia play, so I don't know. Okay. But uh, that's all I have, man. I, hopefully I can get out there Saturday. Um, My schedule – my son, Little League football game, I think we started 10. So we start at ten. I might try to get out there at least by the second half. But man, if I do, look forward to seeing you, man. Meet y'all and, and hang out a little bit. But that's all I you have, got it. man. All right. All thanks right. for being part of the show. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Let's go out to the four four three now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Four four three. Going once. Going twice. All right. You have to give us a call back. If you want to get on, let's go to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Uh, you had a great show on tonight, but, you know, it's all gravy, and we just a biscuit, baby, just topping it up because <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> this uh, Port City thing. Hey, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. But, hey, I'm doing okay. But it, but it is all gravy, and I, I want to just say that, you know, we have a real good groove going on right now, and the team is doing so well right now. The Georgia Tech game, I think that, you know, I, if we come out there and we get off to a real good start, you know, yeah, it could be over early. You know, so the biggest key is, and I think the one thing about the option is, is that everybody talk about the cut blocks, but the main thing when you get with the option, you got to stop that fullback. If the fullback is consistently getting three and four yards and they staying on schedule as far as and, and you don't get them uh, behind the chains or bad down the distance, you know, it could even with them just having an average game, they could still stay in that game and we want to hurry up and get it over. But I want to do something outlandish. I'm predicting that we will be in the final four teams. I'm predicting that because and – and, and I'll allude, you know, get – 
each time that I call, I keep saying more and more about it. And the real reason why I watched a lot of the games in the, in the ACC this week, and I, only only reason why I'm saying it with good health that we'll be in those Final Four because all the rest of the teams that when you look at that Coastal Division, they got extreme deficiencies. I mean, some some extreme ones. I think that that North Carolina is a good show horse, but when you get down to it, that defense can't stop anybody. Pittsburgh defense can't stop anybody. I mean, that these teams, yeah, they can give us a hard game, but the main thing is if we're focused and we're healthy, I think we can definitely get to the championship game and not to take, you know, take it one game at a time, but the next thing about it is – is if we, if for any reason that Clemson is opposing us, I'm not even worried about the fact that maybe they're a little bit more advanced with with us athletically. This team is going to have a diamond-cut edge to want to get back at them. I mean, it's like a blood feud with us between what happened to us at Clemson. So I'm not really worried about that. But the main thing, I, I got a chance to look at all these teams and what I looked at in these teams is that all of these teams got some extreme deficiencies that it's going to be difficult for these teams if we play the same way that we've been playing these first three games. Granted, the competition is different, but all of those teams, and I watched the North Carolina and Pittsburgh game, and, I mean, it was just like neither one of the defenses could stop either one of them. And basically for North Carolina, Pittsburgh was only running the ball. I mean, they threw the ball maybe four times, four or five times in the whole second half, and they couldn't stop them. But but on to just our week to week, I even got a chance to watch uh, the Florida State game, and just like your analysis about them was accurate. Their offensive line isn't good, and they're giving up a lot of big plays. And they they and when you get into a habit of not playing four quarters, it's going to be hard for you mid-season to say, I'm going to play four quarters. And this time – when you get behind this team that Mark Rick is, Mark Rick is going to be aggressive enough to put some points on the board in the second half. That's really what killed us the last three years, that we haven't been able to put points on the board in the second half. We haven't been able to finish the game with Florida State. We've gotten off the good starts, getting to the intermediate part. But in that second half, in that third and fourth quarter, we haven't put points on the board. Uh, the, the person that – I'm most impressed with about this first start is three guys that he brought in. Under the previous regime, they were bringing in guys who were supposed to be more mature, and they weren't better than the guys that we had. I'm, I'm impressed with the receiver. I'm impressed with the fullback, and I'm impressed with the cornerback. I think that those were three scholarships that we, we've maximized already, and it's maximized our potential. I think, yeah, we, you know, I might be getting a little bit ahead, but I just think that when you look at it and you look at the tangibles and the intangibles of this team, I like both of them. I like both of them. And, and the race doesn't always go to the most talented team. It goes to the team that endures to the end. And if we can just stay healthy, I like my chances against any ACC team because I think that when you get down to it, we pose different a threat to every team that they haven't seen. 
you don't see many teams that use as, the tight end as a weapon. As long as as long as the team's functioning at at its max level, I mean, the, there's not a lot of margin for error when you have an offensive line that's as questionable as this one is. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, when you t- start talking about playing teams like Clemson and 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 look to a lesser degree Louisville's, I you know I th- I mean their their D lines look pretty good to me and stuff, you know. The the offensive line is capable of being a problem at any time, and um, you know I, th- I think if Miami is functioning at its max level, yes, it can be competitive in the you know if it gets to the ACC championship game. Yeah, but let me say this, Gary. Basically, our offensive line, just as you alluded to, is really three guards, a center, and a tackle, and a tackle that you said has a lot of knee problems. But another thing about the offensive line that uh, some of the time we kind of get lost at. Our offensive line is the, kind of the last unit to jail. It takes great chemistry for an offensive line to work. And I think that, yeah, you got some people that, like you say, Trevor Darling, he's going to be challenged versus elite pass rushers. Uh, Sonny Adagu may have his spot here and there. But when you get down to it, I don't think that, that – I think that they're challenged – and, 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 I mean, granted they are. We're challenged in a lot of areas on the offensive line with both just our front-line players and no depth, okay? We don't have any depth. But the only thing about that offensive line, I don't think that we've gotten the best out of them yet. And and when you, when you get there, the best might be sufficient enough given what you got on the outside to do it because the play caller, the play calling, is done by somebody who has a level of expertise to kind of move the formations, position people in, in positions to where they can be very successful. And he's very deceptive, you know, deceptive in what he's doing. And, and if you hit if you hit him with a couple of plays, then here and there, and, the, and another key thing, a lot of the tough games, I wouldn't want to go to Pittsburgh this year. That's the one game I wouldn't because – I think that Connor is a warrior of the highest order, but he's maybe a year away from being fully healthy. When you start looking at him in those games, he can give you maybe two or three good quarters, but at one quarter he's going to have to take it out because it's just like he's still coming back. He's, I mean, he's a great player. He's a great well, player. I, I, I wouldn't game. They overuse him. I mean, they like they think he's a one man team that they can't go to anybody else. Now maybe they don't have anybody else to go to. I don't. I'm not. I'm not that that up on their roster. But when I was watching that game against North Carolina, I thought they really blew that game. I you know I thought they they were going to Connor so much that they became too predictable. Yeah, but and then another thing is Connor is coming back. He's 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 coming. He and people his in what he went through. It's kind of like a guy on the ACL. It really takes you a couple of years to really get yourself back. And his style of running is he lays so much out there on every carry, on every carry. He puts so much out to where, you know, every carry just juices him. But I done said enough on that. Uh, on the recruiting front, uh, we know that we have Donaldson. But do you see us, uh, the other uh, tackle that was committed to Alabama, are they still working those guys, trying to get uh, those tackles? And another thing, I uh, know you got out. a chance. Which They're thing? definitely working, still working everybody, yeah, including, Jerry working. Okay, Judy. including Jerry Judy. 
That's great. So I, That's great. But now, I, mean, I don't but think, the, I don't think this. I mean, the only way that Jerry Judy might potentially come into play would be if Mario Cristobal left Alabama. But, um, you know, but they're, um, they haven't given up. Let me ask you this question. Is Trayvon Grimes, I know we said the ship has sailed on him. Okay, he hadn't went there yet. But is, if he decided that he did want to, that he was interested in Miami, would they listen to him? Of course. But that's not happening either. That's not going to happen. Okay, then. and uh, and uh, and uh, do you see like I know with the remaining, uh, what's going on with DeAndre Wilder? Still the same. Everything's the same there, yeah. It's just and, a question and, of him and, making and, making a decision, you know. Mhm. Okay, then. Well, then, uh, you know, I know we're gonna have a good week, and I just thank you for having me on the show, and I you're doing a great job, and uh, I just we're just so excited about what's going on. We hadn't seen this. Uh, in a in a Miami football team, it's almost like a total lunar eclipse. It only happens, <laughs> you know. We had for ten years, maybe the last decade, we hadn't seen them play at this uh, at this level. And the one most encouraging thing that I saw was when Mark Walton ran that uh, ran that long touchdown. You were seeing all the coaches coming up to him, even defensive coaches and all the rest of it. And even with the maybe they did it with the other staff. I didn't see it much. But that was the one most encouraging thing is that it seems like that our team is more of a family unit, and you could just put me on hold and I call in next week. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show, and I uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We're running out of time on the show. If you want to get on tonight, now is the time to hit that number one on your keypad. Let's go to... The 404, you're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Looking forward to that game, man. I'm uh, right. I'm definitely going to be at that game Saturday, man. Uh, I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a good game. I really think Miami is really going to open it up. And uh, I, I think the score is going to be – I think we could probably get somewhere in the 30s and kind of shut. I think I don't believe Georgia Tech probably going to get over 10 or 14 points. I mean, what's your what's your what's your thoughts on the on the score of the game? I think Miami's offense is going to have a lot of success and 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 they'll hit certainly the 30s, maybe even the 40s. Uh, what I don't have a feel for is how these young kids on defense are going to respond. Uh, to Georgia Tech's offense, to getting cut blocked and things like that. How tough are they? Uh, just questions we don't know yet, you know? I mean, so we'll find out Saturday a little bit. You know, I I, I like the schedule this year. It's a nice progression. And uh, each game, the degree of difficulty goes up a little bit, and um, I like that. But I, I think we would be naive to think that we know everything about our defense. You know, you okay. don't. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I got one last question, man, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay on hold because I know you gotta try to get everybody else in. Uh, any any um, new or uh, just uh, defensive tackles as far as recruiting that may have popped up and may maybe on the board for Miami? Um, nobody that we haven't talked about. Um, I mean, let me look here. There's a kid by the name of Romello Martin. Out of Brooklyn, he's got Miami in his top six, but you know I, I think he's a little bit of a long shot right now. But, you know we don't really get get the impression that that's really really hot. 
Um, but that's really, really the only new guy that's popped up. I mean, it's a little light on defensive tackles. They've already got a couple ends committed. Um, John Ford is a guy that some people think could be a tackle in college. We'll see. Um, but, you know, you've got Ford, Gar- Garvin, and DJ Johnson all committed. But but uh, no pure tackle. So we'll see. I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah, man, I'm fired up. I'm ready for that game on Saturday, man. That's going to be a lot of Miami fans at that game, man. It's going to be uh, a lot of people. Everybody's just waiting, man. I think it's going to be the first game with some, you know, where the team is really just going to open up. And I think Mark, Mark Rick going to open that offense up um, a lot more than he did he, with, with App State. So, you know, man, you keep doing what you're doing, man. Do, do a great job. And uh, we'll go Canes on uh, Saturday, man. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, that's going to be a wrap for tonight. Um, Obviously, big trip to Atlanta coming up Saturday. I'll be up there. Anybody that's going to be at the game, give me a shout-out. I'll be on the sideline from um, probably about 10 o'clock to 11.45. Looking forward to this. I know we always draw really well in Atlanta, so looking forward to seeing a bunch of you guys up there. Um, I want to thank um, our sponsors for tonight, harrys.com, those great razors that I keep telling you about. Um, in all seriousness, if you haven't tried them, you really should. Now's the time to get in on that free trial uh, that they're offering. You'll, you'll only have to pay for shipping. Um, use the code name Canes at harrys.com when you check out, and you order the free trial set, and you'll get that deal. And then, of course, fanduel.com. Um, great time to, if you're not already playing weekly fantasy football, great time to check that out and see how much fun that is. Uh, when you sign up at FanDuel.com, you use the promo Kane. They'll give you five free entries in beginners contests over the next five weeks. And you can uh, check out what fantasy football is all about. So uh, looking forward to going to the airport Friday. I always enjoy the trip to Atlanta. Georgia Tech's a great venue. Um, I, I think this will be a nice next progression for the Canes to keep showing us uh, what they've got here and how far they're coming along as a football team. So I want to thank Everybody that called in tonight, as always, everybody that listened, uh, we appreciate all of you, and we'll talk to you again next Tuesday night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.